When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick Nick Hausman back with another episode of the weekly and I am joined here as I am every Tuesday and I will be joined tomorrow on Wednesday as well by Michael Weissman Michael welcome back to the weekly appreciate it Nick happy 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 Thanksgiving to everybody listening and to you only two days away yeah two days away that I get like a four day off because I work through the weekend but this is where we're at we're at the tail end of like a double digit work day load for me we're gonna have a blast today man i've i've been taking in so much professional wrestling the last four days michael that's right you've been doing it all right because chicago has been hosting all of the fifteen thousand wwe events and they're gonna be hosting AEW this week yeah and i'll be there too so tonight i'm gonna <laughs> so tonight i'm gonna try to catch a little impact but mostly watch curse of oak island and kings of pain and sit quietly because my girlfriend has already left for the holidays and take it all in. And uh, I, will I don't be... even know those shows. Are those real TV shows? They are. They're great shows. Now, the, <laughs> this is the I will be living the life of a bachelor tonight. And uh, with that, I wanted to send out our best to Batista, who is now also living the bachelor life. He is now single. Poor Batista. I'm sure he will have a very difficult time finding <laughs> another woman. He seems he's a little awkward. Doesn't have a good the good looks about him. You know, Batista. <laughs> Super famous Hollywood star. If, Incredibly if, charming in movies, yeah, it's gonna be tough for him, isn't it? That's right. I'm sorry. I don't feel I don't feel sorry for Batista at all. I'm sure he's gonna be just all right. Uh, though he's known for walking alone, isn't that? Give what me it? what I want. Yeah, that's oh god, yeah, that's, a girlfriend. That's a great way to approach a woman at a bar. Uh, so yes, like Michael and I have said, uh, I was at uh, all of the WWE events for the past four days: SmackDown, War Games, Survivor Series, and Raw. I also went to the Dolph Ziggler comedy show on Sunday night after Survivor Series. So mm. yesterday was a lot of fun, um, and uh, they were all great shows. I want to thank WWE and I want to thank Dolph uh, for the access uh, we were given this past weekend. And if you want to see all of my coverage from all of these shows, a lot of reactions from in the arena. Uh, and a lot of photos from just around around town, just catching cool stuff. Head over, check out at Wrestling Inc. on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And, of course, we have a lot of updates on the website as well, including highlights from the post-War Games media scrum with Triple H. Uh, we are going to be playing the full audio from that here later today. We're also going to play the full audio um, from Ace Romero's Impact Press Pass from this past Friday, since those are two big pieces of audio that dropped in the past uh, five days. So you're going to get those here later on after the news. But, man, the Triple H uh, post-War Games media scrum, uh, always an experience getting to do the uh, post-takeover scrums in Chicago because uh, as you've been to some of the scrums in the past with me, Michael, you know there's a lot of people. It can get kind of crowded. It was just mm-hmm. me, uh, Stephen Mulhausen from another outlet, and uh, my good buddy Ross Berman. It was the three of us. That was it. And just sat across from 
Triple H in a very small room that we were told was going to be Vince McMahon's office the next day with Jeremy, <laughs> with Jeremy Borash standing over our shoulder. It was, I mean, it's not, I mean, I described it as if it was like a hostage situation, but it was actually very nice. It was, <laughs> there were only three of us. We were trapped on a plane in Saudi Arabia. Bully Ray was there. Um, no, uh, it was wonderful. We, we had a really great experience there. Triple H was very friendly. And uh, I, you know, I got the first question of the scrum. You're going to hear it later. And uh, I decided to keep the uh, the joke go- going from Tony Khan last week where he said that the first thing uh, press asked him about is CM Punk, and that's not what he's looking to talk about all the time. Well, of course, I started off the Triple H media call asking him about <laughs> CM Punk and if they talked, if they were going to be working on NXT together. So you'll get that response here in a little bit. So with that, let's get to it here. News you can use. News to leave a bruise. Um, we're going to start off uh, right uh, where we left off last week on Thursday when we were talking. Um, we didn't quite know the viewership for AEW versus NXT last week, so we'll start there. Show Buzz Daily reporting that on week eight of the Wednesday Night War, WWE NXT finally topped AEW Dynamite in viewership. Uh, Wednesday's NXT drew 916,000 viewers on USA. AEW Dynamite, 893, just shy over on TNT. That means... NXT uh, top Dynamite by 2.6%. This was the best NXT viewership since the official two-hour USA premiere on October 2nd. The first two NXT USA episodes had just one hour air on cable. They drew 1.179 and 1.006 million. Uh, AEW still topped NXT in the coveted 18 to 49 demo. It ranked eighth in the cable top 150 for the 18 to 49 demo, while NXT ranked 14th. Uh, AEW ranked 36 overall, though, with NXT ranking 35. So just one shot, one slot above them. Uh, now, last week's Dynamite, for reference, drew 957,000 viewers. So uh, they were down just a little bit this uh, past week. Uh, they ranked number five in cable the, the week before. Last week's not NXT episode drew 750,000 viewers and was ranked number 22. So a pretty sizable increase there of about 160,000 viewers this week. Now, Cody Rhodes, he's already commented on the loss via Twitter. He said, take it on the chin, learn from it, get up off the mat, and get to work. Excuses are for assholes. Jericho also commented, remember, guys, it's a marathon, not a sprint, which was a callback to WWE's PR statement the uh, first week NXT lost AEW. And uh, he was then asked if NXT was no longer the minor leagues, uh, but la- and he said to that, last night wasn't a true NXT show. Now was it schmoopy? So um, that's where we kind of started here before we went in to this very pivotal weekend here for WWE with all these big shows. They did manage to notch up a win here over NXT just barely. It's what, uh, 20,000, so we 16 plus 7, 23,000 viewers they managed to beat them with. And they had to throw in everything in the kitchen sink this past week on Dynamite uh, just to edge out that victory. What do you make of all this, Michael? A couple of interesting things if you look back here, of course, the week before Dynamite was coming off of a very well-received AEW pay-per-view in full gear. Um, so, you know, those numbers, 957 the previous week, uh, made a lot of sense, right? But it, it would make sense, too, that they would drop the following week. And, of course, NXT here building up a much-advertised Ross McDonough invasion angle. Um, those, those numbers reflect that. And also, NXT had been treated very well, I think, on SmackDown and Raw the prior two episodes. So NXT going up is it makes a lot of sense. More interesting to me, though, are these comments from um, Cody Rhodes and Jericho. I love what Cody Rhodes says here. It kind of takes the high road, right? Uh, Take it on the chin, learn from it, get up, get to work. Don't make excuses. I appreciate that. Jericho's comments, you know, I I appreciate his joke here, kind of playing off of the WWE NXT dynamic and what was 
put out by WWE PR whenever <laughs> in those original weeks of the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah. But yeah. when he says um, last night's wasn't a true NXT show, now was it? It kind of makes AEW seem a little bit minor league. Yeah, we can only compete with the minor league that WWE puts out. We can't mm. compete with the two main shows. So right. not as big into Jericho's comments. He could be a heel here. Maybe that's what's going on. But I think it doesn't reflect as positively as what Cody Rhodes did, which is, hey, guys, we lost, and we're going to get better. But overall, I think it's really good news for NXT, a show that has – been great and not gotten the ratings that I think they've deserved. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would take it so far as to say that it makes AEW look minor league because ultimately it does. I do think that the point being made here is WWE had to pull out all of its biggest stars in order to beat us here this week. And if they wanted sure. to do that every week, you know, maybe AEW would have a different strategy, right? But I, I, again, I, I, I don't really know that I, I take it uh, quite that way from Jericho there. Um, but it is compelling here to see what it took for NXT to be able to topple AEW. I wonder if they can keep it up week to week. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of big wins for, for NXT coming out of Survivor Series. So I'm sure there will be some attention uh, put on NXT this week. AEW, though. But, man, it is the war is officially on now. This is what I've been waiting for the first week where uh, it got competitive. NXT was able to notch a win. I really think this is when the war is going to get underway because more people are going to be coming back to professional wrestling, wanting to check out both of these products because they're hearing that it's finally getting competitive. Both shows are good, good enough to be beating one another. I mean, they saw, I think it was over 300,000 extra viewers on Wednesday night total to both of these shows. I mean, it is interesting to note that AEW, they did dominate in that really crucial 18 to 49 demo where, um, you know, that's where you're going to be able to sell to the, the most advertisers. All of WWE's extra viewers seem to be people that were over 50, right? That's a, yeah. It's a little weird. So while AEW lost in one regard, I feel like they still have good cause to maybe pat themselves on the back because the key demo that everybody seems to be fighting for most importantly, well, they still won that one this week. Sure, and, and, and WWE is obviously bringing over those fans that watch Raw and SmackDown, right? Those main roster viewers who might be a little bit older. Traditionally, WWE viewers do skew a little bit older, right? So not surprising that that's what inflated their numbers here. The question is, you know, 18 to 49 demo, really important here, but can they bring in more of those main roster viewers? And at some point, I think you will see that 18 to 49 audience maybe flip over and check out NXT if they hear the buzz from elsewhere. Um, I think the AEW audience is unique, but there are fans over there who would appreciate the product NXT is putting out. Survivor Series, though, I think really made these guys look strong. Yeah. So, Nick, I don't know, man. I think this could get up close to a million <sighs> viewers this week for NXT because it is a post-pay-per-view week. All right. Well, we will take a look at that here in just a second. I wanted to real quickly touch on some uh, highlights coming out of the pre-Survivor Series uh, shows and events. Uh, SmackDown on Friday night. We got a brand new IC title from Shinsuke Nakamura. We also got a DX-style NXT invasion to close the show with uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Road Dogg with all the NXT crew jumping on an old-fashioned Jeep, cruising into the arena. Uh, and because of this DX invasion, I guess uh, there was no 205 Live. There was too much post-show DX shenanigans to be able to do both. So uh, still no real clear idea of what exactly is going on with 205 Live. But DX, they got the time after the, uh, the show uh, this past Friday night to do their thing. Now, being there live... They made on... it seem like 205 Live is not canceled. They right. were very clear to say it's just for tonight, right? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Their, their, <laughs> their title is now on NXT. Um, anyway, I uh, I just wanted to say that live, this this was very, very hot. Of course, everybody really into to DX and everything and, and the big brawl at the end. 
uh, seemed to resonate a little bit more than the one that, that started the show. Um, but yeah, the other big note here coming out of Friday Night SmackDown, brand new IC title. This thing, I don't know if I like it or hate it. It does look like a cigar band ring to me, though. Uh, it, it doesn't look like a title. It looks like something I would, I would see at like a smoke shop. Yeah, it's just it's like overly shiny. I feel like it's it's got a lot of design on it, and if you look at it in the right light, it's kind of like okay, I see what they're going for. Yeah. But I almost feel like there's just too much going on to make it an attractive title, especially moving away from the white strap, white strap IC title, which is very iconic, very historic, and even some of the other IC titles over the years have not been quite as design heavy. And I think that's what I've liked about them. Even the Attitude Era was kind of like a shrunken down world title from that era, and and it was very sleek and and so i don't know this conveys to me a different design language and i, I just wish there was more consistency across wwe's titles yeah uh well i just uh, you know uh, cody rhodes i think got asked about this on twitter and he said he didn't think they dropped it because he was the one to bring back the white strap he just thought that it was time for something different they probably mm. you know sell those sell those titles at at uh walmart right you gotta make the kids versions <laughs> that's right you gotta have something else to sell this year did you put the bit in here i don't think i saw on the run sheet about how he he said that the only way he got that title to approved by vince mcmahon was by paying the fee to get it designed himself oh. and then showing it off and of course wwe later reimbursed him huh. but that's how he got that white title approved no, i did not did that's not. awesome uh, well, there you go. So that was SmackDown setting the stage here. The next night we flip over to full-on uh, NXT. Uh, a couple highlights coming out of that show. Mia Yim got attacked pre-show. Uh, was replaced by uh, Dakota Kai, who attacked Tegan Knox. Neither of them made it into that match. Uh, Pete Dunne, uh, he won the triple threat. He got a title shot at Survivor Series the next night against Adam Cole. Uh, Kevin Owens was revealed as the fourth member of Team Ciampa. Huge pop at the end of the show. Uh, and, of course, at the end of the show, uh, Adam Cole, Gargano, or Adam Cole and Ciampa, they fell off the top of the cage through those tables where they uh, cut to Britt Baker from AEW, uh, like crying and freaking out. And they called her out on commentary. Uh, Triple H did note uh, in the post-show uh, presser that you're going to hear here in a little bit that the uh, camera guy just didn't know who she was. was just <laughs> like, this woman's freaking out. We should get her on camera. And then once, of course, they had like a tight shot on Britt Baker. I guess the audible was called to, to call her out. It was going to be weird or something like that, I guess. Um, and they also announced uh, on the show the TakeOver Portland. It's going to take place February 16th. So uh, that's that's the buzzy news bits I, I got coming out of War Games here. Um, thoughts? What grabbed you here of that grab bag? You know, solid solid card from top to bottom. These War Games, um, they really spotlighted a lot of things. I'm glad they opened with the women's War Games. That was an awesome match. A fantastic outing for so many people. Um, the stuff with, with Finn and Matt Riddle was, was a really good different kind of match, but also, again, a lot of fun there, and it showcased a different side of Finn, gave Matt Riddle a bigger spotlight. So, yeah, all in all, a really good show. Again, consistency from NXT and that TakeOver brand. I, I think you can't discount that. It's They're always good shows. They're yeah. always they're like AEW, always solid shows. Um, the Britt Baker stuff cracks me up. Fans make a really big deal about it, right? Oh, my God, they showed her on screen. It doesn't mean anything, guys. Like, these are human beings living in the real world. Uh, and, and and it's it's pro wrestling, right? But it is, they're just real people. And so, of course, they're going to show her on TV. It doesn't mean anything. I think it's funny people get caught up on those details. But, yeah, all in all, a really great night for NXT. And, God, there were some. I mean, that that final spot at the end um, with Ciampa and Cole, man. Dude, oof, ugh. Incredible. 
Too much, maybe, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Just almost too much. I, I certainly, I certainly leapt out of my seat watching it, and I could see why Britt was uh, reacting the way she is. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any heat on her at AEW, which is something Triple H. You'll hear him say repeatedly in the call later. I really hope there's no heat on her because of this, because it was not intentional. But <laughs> I don't think there's any heat on Britt over at AEW. I don't think that this is going to affect her. Um, but man, you know, there were two big pops of the weekend. Um, the Kevin, I think the Kevin Owens pop. Uh, was the first real big one of the weekend when he got revealed as the the fourth member of Team Champa. Uh, it was a great moment, and um, you know we'll get to some other results here coming out of this weekend. But they have um, done a great job uh, positioning Kevin Owens recently as the hip, cool new star- superstar. Um, I think putting him with the NXT crew and allowing him to walk the line between Raw and NXT, especially the way he got handled on on Monday Night Raw. I think he's just in a really good spot right now. I'm really intrigued by what they're doing with Kevin Owens. Well, doesn't it make sense for him? I mean, he's been on the main roster. He's a former world champion up there. But, God, he could add so much to an already talented and stacked NXT roster. And they have so many people down there he could do great work with. Like, doesn't it make sense to just let him go there and be Kevin Owens again? Because he's not been used that much in recent months. And, of course, he had the injury before that. So Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's the time. If he's healthy and ready to go, I mean, he's in a good spot right now. And they're playing to his strengths. Uh, He's getting a lot of really good mic time, too. So I'm just—I was really happy with how Kevin Owens got treated this week, and I thought it came across yeah. really well. Now I would—I would hop immediately to Survivor Series, but there was this other story, Michael, uh, that uh. broke out in between War Games and Survivor Series that I think, in order for us to tell the linear story of these four shows, I have to take a pause here and reflect on what what seems to have gone down here between Corey Graves and War Ronaldo on Twitter, and I say what seems. Because there still seems to be some facts that are disputed. So we'll get to that here in just a second. Now, Corey Graves was watching War Games at home. And he decided to tweet out, just for the record, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's actually a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they have a lot to offer. Uh, And to wit, another Twitter user asked Graves uh, shortly after how many Chicago rap references more Ronaldo had made, to which he said, Far, far too many. Hmm. Seems weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? Why? Those, we... that, I mean, just like y- you work with this dude on a day to day basis and in a very public fashion, hmm. right? Why would you? And I know they don't always sit at the same booth at ringside, but they're getting ready to yes. in less than 24 hours. Yes. Why would you do this? Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, it's what they call a classic dick move. N- Sorry. Now, just now, just for those that don't know, or as a quick refresher, now Ronaldo uh, has had a lifelong battle with mental illness. It was documented in the Showtime documentary Bipolar Rock and Roller, which you can watch now. Uh, he deleted his Twitter account shortly after. Now, on Sunday afternoon, Ronaldo's close friend and manager Frank Shamrock responded to Graves' tweet and Ronaldo with a picture stating, "Social media has made too many of you." comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the <laughs> mouth for it. Hmm. <laughs> I don't, you know, hmm. I don't want the UFC guys <laughs> threatening violence against me. So anyway, Michael Cole uh, had to fill in for Moro Ronaldo at Survivor Series because Moro was not on the show. He noted uh, at Survivor Series that Moro quote unquote blew out his voice at war games and said he'd be back to work on Wednesday. Now this is where, we get to a bit of a sticky wicket in the, uh, the the story here. The Wrestling Observer reports that Moro Ronaldo missed Sunday's WWE Survivor's pay-per-view due to the tweets by SmackDown color commentator Corey Graves. 
Dave reported that Ronaldo has not quit the WWE. Everything is said to be fine between Ronaldo and WWE. And from Ronaldo's side, he'll be back on commentary this Wednesday for NXT. Now, Corey Graves doesn't seem to uh, doesn't seem to like Meltzer's report here. As he responded to Meltzer via tweet uh, with a waving hand emoji, Dave Meltzer, you uninformed, false narrative pushing liar. My phone works. You're a quote unquote journalist, right? You can find my number, and uh, that is where now. Now Dave has since gone back and just basically said, "Corey, you need to pull this tweet down. It's wrong to put yourself first in this situation with whatever's going on." Uh, I will say on my end, having seen what Graves tweeted, I did make a concerted effort to try to get Corey's actual phone number. I have not gotten that number yet. Um, but uh, you quote unquote journalist, you. <laughs> I did. I have made a concerted effort, and you know, I, th- to be fair. I know that the offer that I've put out there for it, I believe, is it's it's in his hands. I'll put it that way. There uh, were lots of journalists I saw at that moment saying, we will gladly talk to you and let yes. you say your side of the story if you give us five minutes. Yeah, right? and, it's, it's a weird argument here from Graves because of how notoriously tight WWE is with their talent. I would love to have that line of communication with all WWE talent so I could get their side of the story on different issues, right? And and figure out what the real truth is. But there is a lot of smoke and mirrors around what WWE does allow uh, the you know journalism community to get access to. I'll, I'll put it that way. Well, and, and the bigger thing here, right, is it's kind of like throwing, throwing shade at Dave Meltzer is not the right move here whenever Graves very clearly was poking Mario Ronaldo. There is a little bit of history there. If you go back into the history books, these guys have, you know, Corey's said unsavory things before or kind of implied things. Um, Corey Gray is very quick to go to Twitter, very quick to kind of just voice his opinion from a distance like this. Him and Seth. Jeez, him and Seth Rollins. I bet they're BFFs. <laughs> well, Seth's is a little too goody two-shoes for Corey Graves, I feel like. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing where the point here is Corey Graves should not have said what he said about Mario Ronaldo. I mean, if there was some kind of concern there, right, bring it up as a professional. And I would say in this case, it's very – we're going to talk about other stories dealing with Twitter, right? And what I would say, this is a very different situation than some of the worker complaints inside of something like Ring of Honor where the talent did not have a voice. This is a one-person and one-person beef, and Corey Graves should not just be out there poking – spreading the fire, poking the bear, whatever you want to say, well, just for the sake of being kind of a jerk about well, it, right? Here's, here's the thing, and there's two sides to this, right, in my opinion, because I, I do get that Corey may have been playing into – the competitive nature of the weekend with each of the various parts of the rosters competing against one another, right? You're on the night before Survivor Series. He's on SmackDown commentary, taking a shot at NXT commentary. Maybe not the best target, knowing Moro's past, but I see within the context of a competitive weekend why he would have made me made the tweet, not expecting to follow the, the fallout that immediately came out of it because maybe him and Moro are cooler than we think. I don't really know. Maybe he thought Moro would just play into it or something like that. Cause Moro is pretty active on Twitter. I don't know, but it was a misstep here that fell apart. Well, also if that's the case, and I, I totally see the second comment here, right? The, the joke about the Chicago rap references, that's a lot more harmless than the fact that in the first one, he called Moro out for doing his job and he didn't attack NXT, only attacked one of the announcers and yeah. basically promoted the other two, 
right? He made Morrow single him out as kind of being the amateur out of that trio, which is not the case at all. All three of these are, are professionals, right? Nigel, Beth Phoenix, and Morrow all serve very different roles in this announce team. So even if it was a cross-brand kind of let's attack each other for the fun of it and, and heat this rivalry up, why did he call out Morrow and promote the other two? It's a great question. It's a good question for Corey Graves, who, again, <laughs> the offer is out there. So His phone number. Easy to find, quote-unquote journalist. <laughs> right, exactly. If I do my job. Uh, all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's shift away from that situation. We'll get to the actual Survivor Series event here. Um, a couple highlights coming out of Survivor Series. The Fiend, uh, he retained against Daniel Bryan. Keith Lee really stood out, I thought, in the men's elimination match, which Team SmackDown did win with, with Roman Reigns standing tall. Uh, we got Dominic coming in to help his dad, Rey Mysterio, in his match with Brock Lesnar. Beautiful moment. The double 619s, the frog splashes. But, but regardless, Brock Lesnar went on to retain the Universal Championship. Or, yeah, he's the world champion, the WWE champion. Sorry. Uh, the women's triple threat match, main evented, fell flat. The live crowd did not seem to enjoy it. Uh, we can get to that here in a second, Michael. I was there. I can tell you what happened. Uh, and at WrestleVotes, for that matter, uh, noting that Vince McMahon himself did not like that bout. Now, in the end, since this was Survivor Series, competitive night, uh, quote-unquote, NXT won the night. They got four wins on the show. Raw had one. SmackDown had two. Right after the show, Steve Austin uh, his interview with The Undertaker aired. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's very, very good. I've read some of the highlights. I need to sit down here over Thanksgiving weekend and, and catch up on, on some of the things that fell through the cracks for me. Uh, but PW Insider noting that uh, after this aired, there was a lot of talk over the weekend uh, that the officials at WWE, they, they now want to get CM Punk as a guest for a future episode of the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin on the network. So, you know, maybe that could happen as well. But anyway, uh, a lot of fallout there from Survivor Series. Um, I wanted to start personally by saying... I noted that there were, I thought, two, two, maybe three really big pops of the weekend. I say two, three because the two, three were both attributed to Rey Mysterio. Uh, being in the building, watching Dominic and Rey uh, hit that double 619, uh, hit the double frog splash, uh, regardless of the fact that, that Rey lost that bout. I mean, I leapt to my feet and, and clapped during that double 619. That was a very historic moment that happened there, and I just thought it was... Uh, of all the matches, I, I thought that this match and then Ray's match on Raw with AJ Styles, I thought those were some of my favorite matches this entire week, and I really enjoyed the energy around Brock Ray and what they did with Dominic. Ray, Ray's doing a ton of great work right now, right? He's at this later stage game in his career, and it's like, you know, for a while, we, we didn't think we'd see him in WWE again. And now he's main eventing with Brock Lesnar and giving us some of the most memorable moments of his career at this point. So it's really cool to see him out there with his son. That double six one nine. I mean, this was Dude. a typical... Brock Lesnar match, right? Kind of gets beat up, kind of fights his way back into it, gets a surprise, but Brock Lesnar ultimately walks away because of a quick F5 or whatever. But what I liked about this is you kind of had the, the the small guy, big guy dynamic, and they really did make it work and make it believable, and the fans were bought in. And I think everybody walked away from that looking really good, which is not always the case with a Brock Lesnar match. So, um, you know, solid outing there. And, of course, you mentioned him looking good again on Monday Night Raw. Much deserved for Ray to win that United States title. Ray in a great spot, and I'm glad to see the fans back behind him. Yeah. Uh, it's a very – it's a sharp contrast to me to the Fiend-Daniel Bryan match, which – very, very again, feels like the Brock Lesnar prototypical match now where somebody beats the crap out of the fiend for a while and then he comes back at the end and wins. Um, so I was not a big fan of that match. I don't know how it came across with the red light and everything being there. How was that? <laughs> uh, the red light doesn't bug me as much. I know that some okay. people like hate the red light, right? I get it. I, I mean, I would maybe prefer to, to see it in a normal lit arena, but you know, I, I was surrounded, I, I was both nights 
or all four nights or whatever, I felt like I largely had seats where there were a lot of kids around me, right? Okay. And I will say this. I never heard a single child complain about the red lighting. If anything, <laughs> they all seemed to really dig it, right? And enjoyed the kind of creepy atmosphere that was being created with this, this uh, Fiend character. So... Again, it's so weird to me, Michael, because again, they win the fifty plus demo, right? And I would imagine, and I would imagine, uh, you know, I don't know what the eighteen under demo looks like for WWE, but it seems odd to me that there are is such a disparate, there's such a there's so much disparate disparation between who they seem to be playing to and who is actually watching their product, and it creates <laughs> this bizarre Twitter timeline of thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You grow up a WWE fan, you transition to AEW when you get to college, and then in your later years, when you're ready to settle down and retire, yeah. you come back to WWE, right? Yeah, but there was no AEW there, so there's like <laughs> for like 15 years, there was no second brand, so there was just this generation of people listlessly watching children's wrestling, wishing for something more. So, anyway. uh, you didn't, I didn't see it on here, but I think for me, the match of that evening was probably this, the Brock stuff. Ray stuff was great. Before we talk about the negative, right. Adam Cole, Pete Dune, that, that was or Pete Dunn. That was fantastic. It was a great match. Yeah. And that's the thing. These are just some highlights I picked out of it because sure. we're not, we're not doing a review show here, but yeah, Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn delivered on both shows. He delivered the last time he was at a Chicago takeover when he took on Tyler Bate, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live. This guy always shows up, delivers. Um, I know why Adam Cole held that title, because if anybody deserves to be NXT champion right now, it is absolutely Adam Cole. Workhorse, yeah. Workhorse. That man put his life on the line these past but, four but, days. But you gave your audience something really – see, here's why I wanted to call that out, because we talk about the rating wars on Wednesday nights, and, and are people going to tune in or whatever? And that match, first time they've done this kind of NXT championship match on a main roster show, pay-per-view, and they gave it some time. And these fans who are not used to seeing NXT talent are forced to watch them for 15 minutes. And the fans freaking got into that match. And it was yeah. a great match. Fans will tune in because of that. Yeah. I, and look, that's the thing is I say Keith Lee shining that men's match. Really, I thought everybody kind of came out of that. Except maybe Walter. But even he's going to get the Daniel Bryan reaction, I think, where people sure. are just like, oh, how, how dare you treat Walter like this? <laughs> you right. must push him further. Right. Um, so I don't really see that as a drawback. Um, the key, but Keith Lee, man, that was the that was the one I kept hearing everybody talk about over and over again for the rest of the weekend, the rest of the show. How good Keith Lee looked, um, and same thing at, at War Games. They did such a good job this weekend of getting a lot of NXT talent over to a new level uh, on these platforms. Keith Lee, Rhea Ripley, we haven't even talked about Rhea Ripley. What a gigantic megastar she feels like live, especially in front of a Chicago crowd that really appreciated her. Uh, we talk about how Adam Cole worked his butt off uh, for four days straight. That won't straight. That won't be lost on anybody. We're rolling into Wednesday here, not just with like the intrigue of like what is NXT. I think there is also the intrigue from people who are becoming fans for the first time of these individual NXT characters. And sure. I, and I'm wondering how that. I'm just wondering. I, I wonder if you're right. I wonder if they do do more than a million this week. I think there's something to that. Yeah. And, and and Keith, yeah, there's just so much. I mean, I, I said this on Twitter. If you were going to book a match to get all those fans to tune in on Wednesday night for sure, you book Keith Lee versus, um, I don't know, Adam Cole versus, I mean, that's the match I would do for Wednesday night to really bring those fans back, advertise it on last night, which they didn't do. But yeah, but even then the promo they did on Raw, I think emphasize what happened over the weekend and why you tune in Wednesday night. So I think it's a good job by WWE this go around. Yeah, and, and the thing, so we'll we'll talk about the one real kind of big negative I guess coming out of it, which was the the poor reaction to the women's triple threat match live. Now here's in in my mind, 
I think here's what I think happened: Brock versus Ray, and I've, I saw some people be like, "Oh, I hated that match." Whatever that match, there with the the double six one nines, the frog splash, and everything. That was one of the most uh, magical moments I felt like of the entire weekend. I feel like that match because there was emotional stakes probably should have closed the show. I get why they did the women's triple threat, but I feel like because this was really the only match on the entire show that had real emotional stakes, it wasn't rooted in this kind of uh, nebulous idea that all of these people don't like each other because of who they're on which friend, right? You I, wear red, I wear blue. Come on. Yeah, and we're going to wear gold. It's not yellow. It's the gold and black brand. Anyway, um, I think that you go through that. You 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 have that burst of emotion. I mean, people seem to really be connected with Dominic. And now you're given this bout where what is what is on the line? Not that I don't think anybody didn't necessarily like any of the women involved, but I don't think that that had the same stakes, and I do feel like there was there was just a they were quarter step off in a couple spots. Not that it was bad or sloppy or anything. It just felt a little, little off, and I think the crowd picked up on that, and it made for, um, made for a rough finish, man. It being in the arena there live, it was a, uh, it was rough. It was very rough. Well, and you just had a couple things coming into this. Becky Lynch has kind of been off her game in her new heel role. It's great talent, but I don't think she's fully gotten there yet with her promo work. I think, you know, Baszler, they, they've done this thing where she's run in a few times. Becky Lynch is always fire. But I think in the in the recent week, especially, Rhea Ripley just took over that spot as being the face of the NXT women's division. And so it felt like a little bit of a half a step back to have this match be the final match in the card, not because the talent aren't there, but because the push just wasn't behind it and the spot like didn't have the same energy anymore so but but i think they did that because they wanted to have the overarching can nxt pull off the big win for the night here storyline take shape yeah um but they already they already sealed it up right like they were three two and one at that point like at worst they're going to come out tied with smackdown yeah so i think you're right i think i would have kept the 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 one ti- the one major title match on that show it's for the, the main event it's spot. It's Brock. It's Ray. Yeah. You've got all these emotional stakes in it. You know, I think that if the fans had had that burst of emotion there and then Brock had still taken it and you got a boo, I think it would have been the right kind of heat. You know what I mean? Sure. Right kind yep. of heat. Bad, bad heat. Bad heat in the show. They just overthink. They just overthink these pay-per-view layouts is what they do. They do it but, every time. What order they go in. They, they try to pace them out in a weird way. Just do a classic pay-per-view layout. And let the fans decide where they want to put their energy. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I get it on paper, and I know they have all the faith in the world in these three women, and it's just one of those things that I think until it was out there, maybe maybe they didn't know. You know. Sure. And again, it's like how do you anticipate how well one thing is going to work as opposed to another? You know, it was uh, you know Triple H Jericho main eventing WrestleMania, right? After or going after Hogan Rock at, at WrestleMania 19, wasn't that what happened? Yeah, yeah, it was Triple E, and everybody walked, or not everybody walked out, but people, a lot of people did. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, that's the thing, is sometimes on paper things look one way, and then when you get out there, sure. they, they react another. So, regardless, it was not a very positive finish to, to Survivor Series, and uh, we'll get to Raw here in just a second. But again, i got to take a stop in the road here over these four days, because this, uh, our, our good friend Seth Rollins, I should say, I shouldn't say our good friend, <laughs> Seth Rollins went over to 101 WKQX, the local radio station here in Chicago, major radio station, I should say, uh, and sat down with our good friend, Kevin Kellum, who's uh, mm-hmm. one of my friends, does, does comedy and is a DJ over at 101. And Kellum, good job, Kellum, managed to get some, some comments here from Seth Rollins that did effectively break the internet here uh, early Sunday, and they were, of course, about CM Punk. Now, there's a, there's a lot more comments he made. I'm just going to read an excerpt here to give you an idea 
uh, of what Seth was saying. He said, this is a place that has given me everything that I've ever wanted in my life, talking about WWE. Not only me, but it's provided a living for my family, for people that I love, that I care about. Of course I'm going to have its back. I'm not going to let you push it around and push me around and act like you're cool. You couldn't bust a cherry in a fruit fight, dude, which is a Jay-Z line, by the way. Only he said grape, not cherry. Um, I want to make some money. So if CM Punk wants to talk all the smack in the world, I've invited him a million times now to come to my ring, to my domain, on live television, where you can't hide anything, no desk in L.A. Come, let's do this thing, man. Let's fight. Let's fight it out like men. Now, I had to to call that out because there was more comments he made, too. He called out CM Punk's losing UFC record. He's done this. Him Him and Punk, you know, Punk has been forced to respond, I feel like, to Seth's comments because he gets put on the spot about him. Seth keeps stirring the pot, which brings us here to Raw, where we now have Seth Rollins here in the opening uh, part of the show, cutting this promo, blaming the roster for all of Raw's losses here, uh, and the crowd starts to chant CM Punk at Seth Rollins, at which point Rollins responds to the Chicago crowd saying, I tried to get Punk here. I'm sorry. He didn't want to show up. He wants to sit behind a desk in L.A. and talk about a change that he's too afraid to make himself. The Observer reporting, Vince, furious that Seth is calling out (laughs) Punk like this. As Meltzer has pointed out that the rule is you you shouldn't put an idea of, uh, uh, push an idea for a match if you cannot deliver on it. Which is, I know that rule, very, very rarely works out. Um, So we'll stop there for a second before we get to the rest of Raw, just to kind of talk about Seth's heels turn and and the stuff with Punk. Well, why? Where's this going? What's the next? What do you, you think is going to happen next year with these two? <laughs> I think Seth Rollins is desperately. I think he sees the writing on the wall that Punk at some point in the near future might. I mean, he could be more open to returning to WWE, and Seth desperately wants that match with him. Right. He knows. He, he calls it out here. I want to make some money. He knows this would be a big payday. It would be a big spotlight on him. Um, and, and I think he's trying, and this is better. I think the comments on Friday that broke, broke the internet, this is a better way to approach this than the Twitter war from previously in the week. He got a little more serious. He got a little more edge to him. Um, I dig that. And I think even last night, right. I I agree. You cannot promote a match that you're not going to pay off, but that's a Chicago crowd, notoriously tough crowd. Sometimes chanting CM Punk, Seth has been building it up. And by doing that, it seemed like on TV, he effectively cut down that conversation so the focus would then be on his raw, 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 you guys suck, I'm going to turn heel promo. And I thought that worked, actually. And again, like, uh, being there for the Seth Rollins heel promo was really something I'll never forget because I've never been in a room with so many people that just wanted to hate someone (laughs) so bad. And then for that person to come out and give them a reason to hate him. It was it was pretty good. He, he did a pretty good job there. So he leaned right into it. It was the opposite. I'll never forget this. The the infamous Roman Reigns beats Undertaker, and then the night after WrestleMania, we're all there in the crowd right. waiting for Roman Reigns. People are booing the crap out of him. We're was, like, finally, I was maybe there. I was there. I yeah, maybe they'll flip him now. Like, right? We're tossing beach balls around, and they did nothing of the sort. He just did that stupid. It's my yard now, and, and, and walked away from him, and. They didn't lean in, and here they leaned in, so I appreciate Seth Rollins. I don't think that this did not have as much heat as that Roman Reigns moment. Sure. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever been in a room that was that hateful the night after that WrestleMania. But this Down was, in Orlando, yes. This yeah. was pretty close. This was pretty close. So anyway, uh back to your some other things that came out of Raw. So Seth Rollins took on Kevin Owens in the main event. 
AOP comes out, another group that had been called out by Seth Rollins. They laid out Kevin Owens. There's a little tease right now of AOP maybe being with Seth Rollins. Uh, also on the show, Attitude Era. Team Extreme, Matt Hardy, he returned. Huge pop. I'd say top five of the entire weekend Matt Hardy got uh, for his uh, entrance here, only to lose to Buddy Murphy. Uh, Hardy tweeted out after the uh, the show that it is uh, he has had a tough, confusing period of his life. I'm not kidding, man. People jumping to their feet, taking photos, freaking out, loving Matt Hardy. Uh, we also saw on the show Rusev was given a restraining order in Illinois by Lana. Uh, he showed up, got carried away by cops. Uh, Rey Mysterio in, uh, I would say, again, top three pop for the entire weekend. Maybe, maybe the top. Uh, he defeated AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship after earning a title shot in a fatal four-way. Uh, Dominic hoisted him onto his shoulders. It was uh, really incredible, just kind of the cherry on the top for the Mysterios this weekend. Uh, and Bray Wyatt, uh, he announced uh, on via video package that he's going to be introducing a new member of the Firefly Funhouse, uh, teased for this Friday. And uh, there is some, uh, if you look at the timeline, Liv Morgan also teasing a darker relaunch here over on her Twitter feed. I don't know if those two things line up, but just something worth pointing out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just, you know, talk about what you will here coming out of this. But, man, yeah, that Rey Mysterio win, dude, that place was electric. That was easily the most energy I've ever felt at a Raw outside of maybe that Roman moment we were just talking about. Yeah. The Team Extreme return music hits. That was a really fun little just surprise last night. Seth Rollins leaning in, turning heel, a surprise at the end with AOP. All this stuff made for a really enjoyable show. And you were still able in the middle to get – a good, I think that took about 30 to 40 minutes to get through the challenge for AJ Styles, AJ Styles US title, and then the actual title match. And so you used up a big chunk of time, but all of this stuff was meaningful. It pushed storylines further ahead. The Buddy Murphy stuff spotlighted him in a way that he's not been used. I think last night's Raw was one of the best ones I can recall in recent memory. Yeah. I, I think it was just a really, and probably the best one since the brand extension or the, the reshake up here. I think it's one of the best shows I've seen in a while I've been put out on a Monday night. And I really dug it. Even the Rusev stuff paid off, right? Yeah. It, we've been complaining about this for weeks. And Rusev came out. The fans want to like Rusev. And they made him a monster. He attacked Bobby Lashley. It felt raw. It felt intense. So um, all in all, an enjoyable three-hour show. I found myself not wanting to. I always watch it with a slight tape delay so I can skip the commercials. Not wanting to fast forward through boring stuff last night. So yeah. kudos. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was very fun raw last night. So uh, great, great end of the weekend. Crowd went home. Happy from four days. By the way, I'll say also, having been there all four days, I don't know if they were sold out all four, but they were packed. There were a lot <laughs> of people there all four days. Did not look like an empty arena by any stretch. And I was a little worried, like, Monday Night Raw. Oh, it's fourth night in a row. Who's going to be there? Dude, packed. Again, solid crowd, a lot of energy. Maybe more energy for Raw than any other show the entire weekend, which I was baffled by. <laughs> wow. Dude, I'm not kidding. Raw was, Raw was a little – Raw was hot. Uh, so that brings us to tonight. Uh, WWE Backstage is going to feature Triple H. Uh, by the way, CM Punk was asked on Twitter if he's going to be on Backstage tonight as well. He said, no, he won't be there tonight, so we won't get to see CM Punk and Triple H sharing space quite yet. And, of course, I asked Hunter on the call. If you talk to Punk, he said no. You'll hear that here in just a second. Uh, also, uh, I reached out to WWE late last week on last Thursday's call. I said I was waiting for the response about what is Jordan Miles' status with WWE. Uh, about an hour and a half after I posted the weekly, I got an email back from their PR team saying he is no longer under contract. Of course, ACH, uh, the former Jordan Miles, has now already started being advertised for a lot of indie shows all across the country. What can we learn from this situation, Michael? I, I don't know that there's much to add to already, but the, he's got what he wanted. I mean, created a storm. He's out in the indies. I, I think his success is yet to be determined. I think he has the potential 
But again, we talked about last week, the baggage has got to go. So um, we'll see. WWE does not see him as the threat, though, I think is the bigger thing. I don't know that there's as much baggage. I don't know that there's that much baggage. I really don't. Because here's here's the thing at the end of the day for me. I think that ACH may have stumbled onto um, a way to get out of your WWE contract, which has been a very big headache for a lot of people who have had to sit on the sidelines and do nothing, right? If the message that is sent here is that if you go out and create a gigantic PR nightmare for WWE, you can get out. That's not a very good message to be sent, but that is what I think the end conclusion is here from this whole situation. And when you're out, you go somewhere else. You've had TV time. You've had the rub. There are a lot of places I think that would be very excited to take you in. And I, I don't think that he will be at any real loss for work here, in my opinion. I think it works for somebody like ACH. And he, he, he'll definitely be able to get jobs, right? He's yeah. been under the WWE banner. But I don't think it will work for but, somebody but, like. Um, but, but here's the thing. So there's a follow-up to that. Because, again, I think the message was sent. You cause a big headache. You can maybe get out of your contract. Oni Lorkin, who's now calling himself Biff Busick on Twitter, had issued, uh, put out the following tweet uh, uh, regarding Triple H's pre-War Games media call, which we shared last Thursday on the show you can listen to, where he talked about why he didn't think it was right for talents to be airing their grievances and asking for their releases on social media because it's not the professional thing to do. Oni Lorkin's response is, the mature, and he tweeted this, the mature professional, th- and this was all caps, of course, the mature professional thing to say would be no comment and have a private conversation promoter to independent contractor instead of burying talent publicly to the media. That's how I do business. It's all about the game and how you play it. And on that note, Oni Lorcan just shared a photo with David Starr wearing the We the Independent shirt um, over on uh, social media. So is this... Is this the new way for talent to try to get out of their contracts to make a huge problem for WWE? And if that is the case, that's not a that is that is not the structure I think you would want for <laughs> WWE going forward, right? So I don't think it will work in every case. I think it worked for ACH because I think in WWE's eyes, there's not a lot of money they're leaving on the table there. Right. I think there are other talents who have been on the main roster. Right. Um, Luke Harper, for example, that they would be a lot less likely to let go. Sin Cara, for example, because, again, they would feel like they're letting money go and they appreciate that control. My counterpoint to that, though, is in situations like this. And I know we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor situation here in a little bit. Kelly Klein and all that. But you're giving talents no outlet you are trying to control their lives. And I disagree with Triple H here saying the mature professional thing, blah, 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 blah. Well, yes, that might be in an ideal world. They should come talk to us, right? They're going to Twitter and social media, not because they're all jackasses, but because they feel like they have no outlet. And when you give somebody no outlet, you trap them in a corner, they're going to lash out. And I don't, I agree with the sentiment here. Handle your business the right way. Don't go bashing people just to bash them, just to make a storm, just to do whatever, right? On the other hand, I sympathize with somebody like Kelly Klein and like some of the other comments that have been made out there because they have no other way to get a voice and they feel trapped by yeah. a contract that yes, these independent and, contracts. And so that's, that's the thing now, Michael, <laughs> are these talents going to fight, right? Like that's yeah. the thing. Are they going to start to fight back? And you look at, and I, I don't, it's not political show, but you look at the dirty politics of today and how successful they seem to have been in certain situations is that the gutter business style you need to adapt to if you really 
want to be able to fight your way out of a situation and move into a space where you can continue with your career. And that is a very sad realization for me to be making at this moment as I review this situation. Think about what, what did I what did I learn from this? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it, the simple, I mean, it's it's almost like a modern day way to handle. You don't have a union, but you want to get a union. We'll just go out there and voice your opinions. You don't have a union, but you got the entire worldwide internet behind you at a certain point, right? Yeah. So don't be scared. Don't, don't be scared to to dock someone. Don't be scared yep. to call something. You know, all that stuff is right now because there is no easy path. It's all gotten too gross. So anyway, on that note, I, I think we'll, we'll just bring it into the fold since you brought it up. Uh, current Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Kelly Klein, uh, she's parting ways with Ring of Honor. According to her husband, BJ Whitmer, Klein was fired via email by Ring of Honor COO Joe Koff on Tuesday evening. Uh, Whitmer said that Klein was still suffering from post-concussion syndrome and that her firing occurred while she was still injured. Now, of course, Joey Mer Mercury, who has been critical of ROH since being released by the company in late October, revealed earlier this month that Klein was making under $24,000 a year with the promotion in her 2019 ROH contract, which was confirmed by Whitmer. Mer Mercury blasted Ring of Honor for not implementing a concussion protocol as he was forced to cancel an appearance in South Africa after suffering a concussion of his own. Now, Klein confirmed Mercury's claims, stating that she uh, hoped that the issues becoming public would lead to the issues being addressed. Um, again, uh, you know, uh, more talent. Joey Mercury in retrograde, right? As he says himself here right now, lashing out. Right? This is this is a this is a fight now between mm. talent and and their companies. It's not everywhere. I, I, you know, AEW largely seems under control. Everybody seems to be enjoying themselves. Impact Wrestling. A lot of people just got raises. It was a great bit mm. bit, bit of news that kept everyone under. You know, I'll throw an MLW right here. Last week we thought that Tom Lawler may be leaving the company, maybe in NXT. Uh, whatever happened there, brief publicly, maybe Tom said, I'm leaving. MLW is like, wait, we still want you. They were able to come back to the table. Tom Lawler has now agreed to a multi-year exclusive agreement with MLW. So it's not everywhere. It's just in select situations here. Um, but there there does seem to, to be uh, a bit of a upheaval from the talent. And, and David Starr, man, he'll be an interesting character to watch here in the next 10 years. I feel like he's getting into more ears and uh, he's really trying to – he's trying to – he's the newsies, right? He's trying to carry the banner. So, <laughs> Well, it's it's also a testament to treating your people right, and they will be more likely to stay and fight for you. I got in this discussion online. Money is not everything, people, right? Money is a piece of it, but it's more of that general feeling about am I being well-treated, well-compensated? The Kelly Klein story here is unfortunate because she is not trying to advocate for herself. She is trying to advocate for the women in that company and all of the performers. Joey Mercury, I know this whole thing started with – him and again he is an upstanding dude everything i've heard about him from other people in the business great dude this is him addressing an issue and using his cachet to kind of uh, call attention to ring of honor who has had a very rough year here and you, you mentioned all these companies impact mlw um doing things the right way and kind of treating their talent right you don't hear this uprising aew especially i'd also add on to that nxt for a long time has been doing this, right? They're under the WWE umbrella, but you've not heard the same level of dissension from NXT talent that you've heard from main roster talent in recent years, too. Yeah. And so, again, I think there is some semblance of they are being treated well down at NXT, and these concerns come when they go to the main roster and get on that well, different travel it, schedule and everything. It, it is, and I'll kind of put a button on this, but it is interesting uh, that more people have noted how individuals seem to be getting different treatment and deals than other individuals 
and that is always historically the attitude that has uh, that has become prevalent just before things like uh, unionization come about. Uh, when yep. everybody says, "Well, we we would all like to be treated the same. If we have grievances and issues, we'd all like to be treated the same and negotiate the same way." So again, keep your eye on David Starr. That dude, he is in some uh, he's in some years right now. Uh, all right, back to it. We got a couple. We got a grab bag here of some some WWE and AEW notes uh, before we get to the uh, the audio here from Triple H and Ace Romero. Uh, Brock Lesnar's daughter, Maya Lesnar, she's headed to Arizona State University. Uh, she is a going, she is a Minnesota State champion and is currently ranked sixth in the country in the shot put. I did not know he had a daughter. I don't really look into the life of Brock Lesnar that much, um, but she looks very strong. And I don't know. What do you think, Maya Lesnar? Do you think we see a Lesnar? In, in the women's division in WWE down the road? She she seems like a very athletic individual if you've just seen some of the stuff about her. So, yeah, yeah I'm very competitive. She's ranked sixth yeah. at shot put. She's she's trying. So, yeah, I, the, I would not discount that. WWE loves bringing in <laughs> know. Um, lineage. I know. So, four years. We'll see. Keep your eye on Maya Lesnar. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that the feeling backstage is that Jerry Lawler has been better than expected in his raw commentary role. It was noted that Lawler's experience has helped Vic Joseph get into the right rhythm, and the only direction he's been given is to avoid using dated cultural references as the company wants Raw to appeal to a younger audience. Um, I didn't write this in the run sheet. I did. I also didn't listen to commentary on Raw because I was there live, <laughs> but I did, within five minutes of it happening, have people around me saying that Jerry Lawler had talked about Ric Flair on commentary as if he had passed away and that he was looking down on Charlotte Flair. Did I get this right? Yeah, it, it was a very... <laughs> Just yeah, you don't have to go find the clip. It's a very strange that and a few other things he did along that way. He's playing up this heel angle on Raw. I can see why backstage they would like it. I think as a fan, I'm not a huge fan of some of the work he's doing right now on Raw. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it was a strange night for Jerry Lawler at the commentary booth. Okay, Vic Joseph, by the way, he was at Dolph Ziggler's comedy show on Sunday night, the night before Raw. He's very tall. He's so tall. <laughs> Very, very tall. That's all I got. That's my there Vic Joseph go. input. That's uh, news you can use. News you can use. Vic Joseph, very tall. He's so tall. <laughs> um, DDP, uh, he's going to present the Dynamite Diamond Ring to the winner of uh, Adam Page versus MJF on Dynamite tomorrow night on Dynamite. Man, a lot of Dynamite. Uh, the ring is said to be worth 45000 Who do you think walks away with it, Adam Page or MJF? MJF. Yeah, I agree. It makes a lot more sense for it to be on MJF. Yep. Um, also, AEW Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes revealed on Twitter that AEW is going to have some younger talents training as students at the One Fall Power Factory near Atlanta, which is near where Cody lives as well. Uh, Cody responded to a fan on Twitter who asked if AEW uh, will have a training facility like WCW's power plant. He noted that they won't have students under the AEW banner directly, but they plan to have multiple talents training there. Uh, where he also trains. And he noted that the students will be under contract to AEW. Of course, the One Fall Power Factory in Norcross, Georgia, is owned by AEW's Michael Q.T. Marshall and former WCW star and close personal friend of the Rhodes family, Ray Glacier Lloyd. Um, they're putting together developmental here. Very, very this is, early. Very, very this is early. The very, this is the successor to the power, the WCW power plant, isn't it? The power factory. Mm. In Atlanta, it's just like the WCW power plant. Man, can you imagine here? We get rolling here. WWE and AEW both just buying up talent just to fill their performances <laughs> with it, right? Uh, so many wrestlers going to get some work here in the next decade. Um, also, in the world of Cody Rhodes, he applied for the trademarks to Slamboree and Super Brawl on November 19th. Of course, it looks like he got the uh, trademark to Bash at the Beach, but they're bringing it back here uh, in January for AEW. But, uh, ooh, the trademark game. 
Can I add to that note sure. right there with some news from our own Wrestling Inc. website? Yeah, go for it. Um, WWE apparently just recently filed to trademark the name of two original ECW pay-per-view events. That's right. Um, Cyberslam and Barely Legal. <sighs> Cyberslam. That's, you know, I, That's was relevant. Think, I was thinking the other day, man, we should bring that back. That was a hit. <laughs> it feels like a, a counterpunch to this is what it seems like. WWE being like, oh, we can we can trademark some stuff, too. Barely legal. Let's do it. What a weird time. All right. Last but not least, uh, Kylie Ray has finally broken her silence and addressed her AEW exit on Instagram. Uh, I'll read the full comment because there has been so much asked of me about this situation. I'm going to let you hear every word she wrote. I don't know how to start this, and I can't speak on others' behalves. I can only speak from, for myself and what's in my heart. I don't know many rumors, and honestly try to stay away from everything, obviously. But here, nobody made me leave. AEW took my career to new levels, and I'm beyond grateful for every opportunity and experience that has come along the way and wish nothing but the best. It's a great group of people who truly love wrestling and just want everyone to succeed. I've always tried to be a good person. But I make many mistakes along the way. I needed to get my mind, body, and soul right with God. I wish I had the answers, but the truth is, I don't. We all go through obstacles in life, and we may want all the answers, but we don't need them. It's God's plan, and he has shown me what's truly important in life and to find a blessing in every moment because in the blink of an eye, everything can be gone. So instead of bashing, let's just love one another and appreciate what we have or something like that. LOL. Sorry. I'm awkward. Went into Casey Kasem voice there at the end. Um, <laughs> nice statement here from Kylie. I hope it tamps down a lot of the rampant rumors and speculation that I've heard regarding her exit. Um, but for some reason, I feel like we're, I'm still going to get people trying to dissect this. And, um, you know, I, I, Kylie's telling everyone to move on. Just, I think listen to her, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I, we're journalists, right? We want to know the truth and everything. But in a situation like this, there's a human being at the other end of this, and knowing the specifics around why she decided personally to leave doesn't really add anything here. I think, you know, again, we all have our reasons for doing things. And I think we said this when, the, when she originally announced she was leaving, right? We all have our reasons for doing things. Sometimes those reasons don't make sense to anybody else but ourselves. Sometimes we're human beings and we're impulsive. And I would implore all of you, remember, Kylie Ray, an individual, a very kind individual from what i understand yes. please y'all just leave her be hey everybody thank you for joining us tonight um coming off of what i thought was an ultra uh successful um war games nxt takeover here in, in chicago tonight and and uh coming off also what's been an incredible month month and a half maybe two months for nxt as a brand with with uh hitting usa running uh, live two hours every week and my opinion just for creatively knocking that out of the park every week and, and, and putting on um, amazing shows uh, to you know raw Smackdown almost every week this brand performing uh, you know triple duty so to speak um, it's been an incredible run incredible period of time coming off war games tonight which I felt top to bottom was just spectacular and uh, and um, Everybody was healthy, thank God, uh, for the most part. And um, also, you know, we've we've had a couple of takeovers in this in this market, highest grossing, highest attended, um, and in a, in a week where you're doing four shows back to back, Friday night SmackDown, 
a takeover Survivor Series and Raw. That's saying something. So incredible night across the board. Um, proud of this brand, and, and I, I, you know, a lot of them are going to go out there tomorrow night, um, iron men and women, and they're going to knock it out of the park again. This is the stuff when you're a young talent. It's, it's hard to express. This is the kind of stuff that, for me, when I was that age, I would have been like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like having this challenge night after night, and then knowing that you're going to do war games tonight, and then Survivor Series tomorrow. Like to me, this would have been the the be all end all and talking to them now I I uh, I think they I they agree with that and I think everybody here feels the same way it's just like this is the ultimate challenge of, of being able to prove the stuff that you're going to be able to look back at later in your career and say man we were we were the iron man uh, of that time frame so uh, with that I'm going to open it up to uh, to questions and um, wait can we say this yeah I think so. oh, not as magical now that I just said you want me to say this as a note that he handed to me, but um, <laughs> it is a fact that Shawn Michaels will announce the uh, NXT Men Survivor Series team tomorrow on the Survivor Series kickoff uh, panel. We wanted to really wait. P part of it was g great for intriguing for the uh, creative aspect of the show, but also we wanted to wait before saying who was going to be in Survivor Series tomorrow on any of these matches for the most part, especially the five-on-five, five, to see who actually came out of uh, War Games uh, injury-free. And, um, you know, knowing that, um, you know, you, anything can happen in these. And, I, you know, when we have these, I hold my breath until the, the show is over, so to speak, of, and they kind of give me that last, everybody's okay, uh, because you just don't know, and uh, it's risk to reward. We're taking risks, but we're trying to do it in the most uh, careful way possible. Um, but it is what it is. So um, we wanted to wait until tomorrow. Sean will announce that tomorrow. Tonight, for anybody that missed it, Rhea Ripley just announced that um, on Facebook Live that her team for tomorrow is herself, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, um, who she explained, you know, Going into war games, you just earn respect for people that are just incredible performers. So Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, she knows that she can trust Candice LeRae and um, somebody that she's known since she was 16 years old, and that would be Tony Storm. So uh, hard to really not look at that and say that is the deepest team out of Raw, out of SmackDown and NXT, that is the deepest, most talented team um, of the group. So it should be spectacular. Um, I know they'll knock it out of the park. And a little earlier on Facebook, apparently somebody pointed out to me on the way in the door here, I said uh, Team Captain Tommaso Ciampa would announce his men's team tomorrow. That was not what I meant. I don't know why I said Tommaso Ciampa. I actually meant William Regal. Uh, the beauty of live Facebook stuff is... Uh, saying the wrong name. has been a long day. But uh, William Regal will be announcing, uh, obviously, or or having thoughts about who we put in that that team, and Sean will be announcing that tomorrow. So with that, I'll open it up to questions. All right, we'll so we're going to start, start, we'll start in the room. Nick? Yeah, sure. Uh, Paul, say, Nick, say who you are, yeah. Yeah, Nick Hausman with Wrestling Inc. Uh, you guys were teasing a very big surprise as the fourth member for Team Champa. Kevin Owens got a huge reaction. Well, we are in Chicago. CM Punk is backstage on W or back on WWE TV as part of backstage. Uh, have you talked to Punk at all since he came to backstage? I have, I have not. No. Okay. So, is there any interest in him coming to NXT or working at the Performance Center? 
Uh, no, I, I have not spoken to him. So, um, yeah, to me, honest, um, we've not had that conversation. I know, uh, you know, he's working for Fox, and um, it's a bit of an arm's length from us, yeah. uh, which, you know, look, uh, all this stuff is baby steps, but, like, it's one of those things when, when people want something so bad, they're like, so you're saying there's a chance, you know what I mean? That's the... The, uh, the the moment in time that we're in. I even felt like today there was a moment where uh, Sam Roberts was going to say in the, or had said in the kickoff show um, a couple of times with the, or I can't remember if he actually said it or was going to, about to say, the, the person is in Chicago. And I was like, don't, just don't say the person in Chicago in the same sentence because I feel like you're setting that up. Um, the person is here is fine, right? Right. Uh, it's just, a, you know, I understand it and I get it, but it, it is what it is at this point in time. Be happy. He's a, he's on backstage. He's doing something in the business again, um, and that is what it is. The rest of it, you know, I've said it a million times. We've all said it, never say never, but, uh, you know, that's a long, long way from, and, and I know when you say that, then people immediately go, they're working us. Because <laughs> uh, there's nothing that you can say um, that will make people think otherwise, but it is what it is. But I promised an epic uh, moment tonight. I think Kevin Owens more than delivered, uh, blew the roof off uh, the building here, and uh, just knowing Kevin as well as I know Kevin, this was probably one of the biggest moments he's had in a long, long time that he has been looking forward to uh, for a long time. So um, it was awesome to see him in an NXT ring again. It was. Uh, and my follow-up would be, uh, it was not lost on anyone that uh, Matt Riddle hit the spear and the jackhammer uh, tonight. Um, is there any interest in moving in the direction of a Matt Riddle versus Goldberg match? You'd have to ask Goldberg. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I bet you it's. I don't know. I've heard of, of one of the confrontations they've had off camera that uh, seemed like he would be interested in a match. I just don't know if on TV or, um, but. Um, you know, look, who knows, right? Like, uh, I think there's a moment in time, I think, that uh, I didn't know he was going to do that. I think Matt's very smart. It uh, obviously... Um, you didn't know he was going to do that? Nope. Oh. Obviously garners attention. I, you know, I'm not, I don't, this is not the tell me everything you're going to do uh, deal. So um, I don't have a, certainly don't have a problem with it. I think if he thought that I did have a problem with it, he wouldn't have done it. I think there's a trust there. Um, and, uh, but... It's it, you know it's one of those uh, moments. It creates a lot of buzz. So I don't know that um, I don't know that he thought m much more about it than it, when in, in that moment in time it would seem like the thing to do, right? And I think if you've ever met Matt Riddle, <laughs> that's kind of how he operates as a human being. Yes, seemed like the thing to do at the time, bro. It was a good idea, man. I yeah, people talking exactly. Yeah, so. Stephen Milhausen Sporting News, nice to be here, Paul. And Thank just you. kind of follow up on Nick, what Nick was saying about Kevin, and a lot of people saying on social media, what's going on right now with Kevin since he's on Survivor Series Monday with Team Raw? Is it back to NXT full time, or was he going to still be in the match tomorrow night? I'm, I, to be honest, I'm not sure at this time. If he is in the match, hmm, interesting. Is he really in the match? Or is he, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's an interesting dilemma, isn't it? Um, if he's on Team Raw, but the night before he was facing off with the Undisputed Era and teaming up with Tommaso Ciampa and all those guys in NXT, hmm, interesting what could happen there. Um, I don't know. I, you know, it, this is a moment in time of uh, a lot of things have happened 
it's it's funny how a mechanical issue with a plane that people blow up into something so much more, but a mechanical issue in a plane can create chaos that creates so much special magical moments within it. And when you can capitalize on those things, it's amazing. So to me, that's what this whole month has been. And this is a part of that. Um, where does that go? Unsure. But sure does make it interesting. In the follow-up, when you look at the end of the match, and you see Tommaso and you see Adam on the top of the cage, what is running through your mind from the time they're getting ready, to, when the move is getting ready to happen, to the time they go through the air and through to the table? Yeah, those are the moments where I'm just holding my breath. And, you know, the truth is, in this business, I've seen more people get injured, including myself, on dumb little things that, you know, the, the stuff that the big giant spectacle spots that you really put so much care and thought into, yes, they're extremely dangerous. Yes, they're extremely impactful. But it's funny, just more often than not, it's the little, it's the guy running across the ring that just turns his ankle and, you know, he's out six months or whatever. Um, but those moments, you can't help it. You know they're coming. You know what's happening, in, and especially in big ones like that. Uh, because that that is stuff that I I absolutely know and I absolutely sign off on. There's there's certain things where I I I believe they can do safely and I believe the risk to reward ratio is reasonable. Um, but there are also things that were brought up tonight where I was like, yeah, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> no, we are not doing that, guys. Like, I, as much as I love you guys and want you to to tear it up, like you're going to tear it up with all the other stuff you have, you don't need that, right? There's always that um, for everybody. So. Um, but th that's when you hold your breath and you just you wait for the landing and you're just waiting for that referee to be able to tell you everybody's okay. Yeah. You know. All right, so let's go to the phones. We'll keep it at one question per hour. Let's just to try to get through as many people as we can. We'll go to Mike Johnson, pwinsider.com. Shocking. Hey, there you go, Mike. Hey, Paul, how are you? Got to get up early to beat you. I'm back on top. There you go. I've, I've been on hold since Wednesday. Thanks. Yeah, that's it. Um, just never hang, just don't hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I can. I, I want to talk about the uh, the women's war games match, specifically the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai stuff. That was obviously something that had been brewing for some time. And just when we thought we knew where we were going, you kind of made a left at Albuquerque. Talk a little bit about the uh, how long the planning was for all that and your thoughts overall on the women's war games, because I thought they over-exceeded any expectations. Yeah, look, as high as, like, I believe in them, I think, more than anybody, right? And, and as high as my expectations were. When this first idea was first brought up, women's war games, there were some people that thought, absolutely, there were some people that thought, oof, you're putting them in a really tough spot um, to be able to do that and deliver and you know, the storytelling aspect along with everything else. Like they, they, It was a debate. We debated it heavily. Um, but, but the belief that they could deliver, once that was the belief, the idea was where we are at this moment of time, the Tegan, the Dakota, the, the moment, that was, that was day one. That was day one of this plan of where we were going with all of that. Um, it was, it was, um, kind of sort of came along the idea of if we did women's war games, if we did this, what if we were able to do that, you know, um, and it went from there. So right from the get-go, that wasn't a last minute, that wasn't an audible, that was uh, that, that was the design, geez, 
I hate putting a time frame on things because time flies, but it, it was a design from step one. All right, thank you. Have a have a good night, and uh, congratulations on a great show. Thank you very much. Thanks for waiting so long on the phone since last week, you know. Okay. Next. We'll go next to Jason Powell, ProWrestling.net. Hey, Jason. Yeah, hey, Paul, with uh, NXT. Hey, with uh, NXT TakeOver Portland listed for a Sunday night, are you guys considering a switch to a traditional three-hour format for a standalone show? And either way, will TakeOver specials start being offered on pay-per-view in addition to WWE Network? It seems like there's some additional revenue possibilities there. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I, to be honest, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, uh, that's that's a I don't know I don't know the answer to the as far as the pay-per-view or anything else revenue question I'm not really 100% sure I know that the majority of people watch on the on the network um, the decision to go on Sunday I think there's a long tradition of of Sundays and and uh, pay-per-views themselves I think I had mentioned it early in the year about sort of um, sort of uncoupling some of the takeovers and and running them independently so the idea to uh, have you know, um, individual takeovers where they can mean more. I think adding more and more live content, not just in pockets of time, but in you know, when you when you when you think about it, in some ways, like a, a week like tonight, if three hours Monday, two hours Wednesday, two hours Friday, uh, three hours tonight, uh, you know, I, I don't even I can't even put a number on how many hours tomorrow. Uh, three hours again on Monday, like that's a lot. It's just a lot, right? And to be able to to spread that out, I think, is more meaningful. To be able to move that around is more meaningful. Um, you know, you just saw we just uh, announced uh, UK takeover for Blackpool for um, the NXT UK brand. You know, you, you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more of, of that kind of standalone and and. Uh, having more and more live content in that manner on the WWE Network uh, going forward. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Okay, next phone call. And on the phones, we have Jim Barcelona, Miami Herald. Hey, Jim. Hey, Paul. Great show tonight again. Thank you so much. Just want to know with the, uh, the broadcast team, talk about Morrow a little bit. I'm now, I'm thinking that, right, the Adam Cole-Pete Dunn match tomorrow night, that the NXT broadcast team will call that. I'm all, but I'm also wondering, that's the case, will they be a part of any of the other matches because you have NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown? Yeah, there's a, there's a whole uh, plan tomorrow. I, I was uh, laughing with uh, Michael Cole. So he, he uh, you know, he controls those teams. And I was laughing with Michael Cole the other day. I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, more announcers than there are. I think talent going to be in the building, like <laughs> 48 announce teams for all these brands and all that stuff, and uh, they're all going to call stuff. But, yeah, Morrow will be there, Beth will be there, Nigel will be there, everybody's there. Um, you know, as far as uh, who's doing what matches, when, where, and how, um, it's kind of a mix, and they're switching off on different things here and there. So, But I, I believe uh, that the intent is wherever there is NXT involved in a brand, there will be some type of representation of NXT uh, voice so to speak, within that brand, whether that's Beth, Nigel, or Morrow. So you, you will absolutely see them within the show tomorrow. I think it's fair to, to for all the brands to have that representation. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, Kelly. Hey there. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, yeah, at, at the risk of belaboring the point, wow, what a show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So you can never say that too much, by the way. Anybody that wants tonight. to get on the line and just say, wow, what a show, that's awesome. I, you say that all day. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> Uh, sounds good. I do have more, but okay. uh, but sounds good. Uh, the women's match tonight, uh, it obviously did a great job of putting over Rhea, that's the obvious, and uh, and Dakota and Candice and Tegan, and I think a lot of these talents came out with, uh, you came out of these matches with a lot more, a, a very clear direction of where these, uh, of where these matches are going to go, whether they're on, on TV or on TakeOver, and War Games has always been good as a match, but this time it seemed like these long-term plans were in place, and in both of them you came out with much more intriguing stories uh, than we, we, we did in the past. And I was just wondering if there was any creative force, whether they be on screen or backstage, that you would call out as being instrumental in the telling of these really engaging stories this year. So I think it's the whole team. Um, it's for, for me to call out one or two people would be unfair. There, but there's a whole team that, and that includes the talent, that includes coaches and um, production people, and we, we just we, we, we collaboratively work together to make these things the best. I don't care where the idea comes from or the, the good ideas or not. You know, talent are just as much of the product and the collaborative effort of, of all of this um, and, and to its success. I just think that there is there's an ebb and flow in the business, right? In that, at moments in time, you need to tell the chapter of the story that gets you, oh my God, I can't believe that happened and it gets me to the next chapter. Like, I can't wait to turn the page to the next chapter. But there also has to be those chapters that go like, wow, that was the end of this epic story and, you know, I don't know where they're going to go next, but holy cow, that was almost like the season finale kind of thing. I think there's different there's different moments of, of where you are with different shows, right? Sometimes you're going to do a show that feels like sort of the end of all this culmination of all these stuff, uh, these uh, different storyline beats. And then when you get there, man, they all hopefully delivered and you feel satisfied with all of it. And then when you say like, where are they going to go tomorrow? Like, well, I don't even know where they would start. You know, that's great storytelling. There's also great storytelling where you do these moments and you think you're going to get that kind of payoff and you almost come out of it with, you know, more questions and more creative directions than you thought you had before, right? Like each, I don't know, like each, each Star Wars movie either has a different take, right? It either feels like the end of a story or it feels like it might be the beginning of a story. Sometimes they're great where it's the end of a story and also the beginning of more stories. Like, oh my God, that's those are the best ones. Like... So it's, it's all an ebb and a flow of where you're at in that moment in time. As for these, I felt like we did a, a really good job. Talent did a really good job in ring of telling stories that captivated you to tomorrow. Like I almost feel like there's as much intrigue of tomorrow now, or I don't necessarily mean tomorrow being Survivor, but I mean tomorrow in, in the, the NXT world of what, oh my God, what happens on Wednesday? Where does this go? And even before you get there, how does that all spill over into tomorrow where they have to go to, to battle against Raw and SmackDown and do these teams, some of these teams hold together? Do some of these, um, you know, alliances hold together or do they fall apart and lead you to something even bigger 
within the NXT landscape. So those are all really intriguing stories, and I and I think that it just makes you want to tune in, right? It does me anyway. Yeah, well, I absolutely agree with you there. High fives to the whole team, and thanks for a great show. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to go back to the room for another question. Hi, Ross Berman with WrestleZone. First of all, congratulations. Thank Amazing you. show. Um, I want to talk, I want to ask about something you said earlier about uncoupling the takeovers from uh, the traditional WWE pay-per-views yep. and doing them on Sunday. Is there any uh, chance that NXT is going to start doing more international takeovers, or is the idea that international takeovers should be reserved for the NXT region that that area would be representing? I think that's a little bit of a work in progress, but I, I, I do, like, look, it's a big world with a lot of really cool places to go work. Um, would I love to, you know, as, as much as I, I can look at the U.K. and say, you know, we're going black to Blackpool, like, I think they would do spectacularly in London. I also think we'd go to, the, you know, the Hydro and blow it out in Glasgow. I think, you know, we, we went to Cardiff and just, you know, it was it was amazing. There's so many places, and that that's just picking the places we go to re on a regular basis. I think when you even get outside of those and start going to different countries and regions, oh, my gosh, right? And then you start talking about NXT here. Like, you bring those to any – this – NXT US brand to any one of those places and kill it. I think you could go to Japan, you could go to Australia, you could go, right? It's a big world. I love to look at all of it. I love to bring them to all of it. Um, trying to figure out how to make that happen with live TV and everything else, right? That, that's the trick. But I do believe that, you know, uncoupling them off of some of the, and I'm not talking about WrestleMania because obviously there's still going to be a takeover WrestleMania weekend. I think there's there's still going to be a takeover on on SummerSlam weekend because those are big ticket events where you know people are kind of coming in and it's it's the it's the big long trip to Mecca, right? And then you're going to come there. You got to go to WrestleMania week once in your life, and you got to do all the gigs and all the shows and access and everything else. And and, and that's what all of this is. But the other ones where they were always kind of piggyback together, I think it makes sense to split them apart. You know, I'd love it to get to a place, and I think a lot of people would, where, you know, every weekend you're you're going like, hey, what's who, who's, what matches are on the, yeah. the WWE Network live this weekend? You know, what's the card this weekend? Oh, it's Takeover this weekend. Oh, it's UK Takeover this weekend. Oh, this weekend is uh, TLC. You know, that's the kind of thing where I think when when you start getting into that and and live on a reoccurring basis like that and and spreading that stuff out, the the, the value increases dramatically. Okay, we're going to do two more on the phone, and then we're going to call it a night. And we'll go to Ryan Satin with Pro Wrestling Sheet. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Paul. Great show tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, so how does it feel for you personally? Just, uh, how, does, yeah, how does it feel for you personally just to see the excitement over superstars like Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, and The Revival returning to the brand from both the wrestlers themselves and the band? I, look, I think it's amazing. Um, one one of the coolest things for me is how many of the talent, for a myriad of reasons that you can imagine, uh, come to me on a on a regular basis to say, "Hey, if you ever need uh, somebody at NXT, hey, if you, I'd love to go to the UK, and I love them, yeah, man, I'd love to get in there. Um, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. If there's ever a need, man, I'll come there. I'll work with anybody you want. I, you know, sometimes town are off and they call up and it's the funniest thing. You know, people talk all the time about their schedules or whatever, but then you give town a week off and the first thing I do when you give them a week off is they give me a call and go, hey, I saw that uh, NXT's running in St. Louis or something. Can I, any way I could get on those shows? You know? Um, 
it's a it it speaks it speaks to the brand it speaks to the fan base there ah, they, man there's just something special about it and when you step into it i don't care where you go to um the live events if you guys have been to them you know what i'm talking about like even when i go there there's just a different buzz uh somebody said to me one time that you know the WWE is awesome. It's it's like these big family reunions, and it's so much fun, and you're seeing all these people, and it's and the shows are great, and it's entertaining, and all that stuff. But going to NXT is like being in the middle of a riot. You know, it's it's a different vibe and a different feel, um, and and that's cool. And I think that having that for for talent to be able to come back, I can tell you that when uh, when the revival came or we had that conversation about them coming in, which first of all, they've been asking me about forever. And uh, when I said, hey, you want to come and work with UE? First of all, they were just like, well, yeah, it's not even a question, yes. And then a couple minutes later, they came back by me and they were like, hey, how much time will we have? And I, you know, I kind of said what I was thinking and they were like, oh my God, like, yeah, oh, thank you so much. This will be amazing. Like they were just, you know, like little kids uh, getting getting let loose in the candy shore, you know, and, and uh, that's cool. It's a testament to the brand. It's a testament to everybody that's there that they want to do that and to the fan base for, you know, bringing that excitement and level of passion. The fan base, the fan base of NXT brings that passion to the talent and then the talent bring their passion back to them. It's this symbiotic relationship between the two and that is something special that they all just want to be a part of. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist in the WWE, but they get that fix on a regular basis. And there's a slightly different feel to it. So every now and then you just want to pop back in there and get that other fix and and and, and feel something different. You know, and I, I can't tell you how many talent uh, Finn was one of them. You know, walk back in the door, and they they they've done WrestleMania now in front of eighty thousand people, and they walk into Full Sail, and that we're gonna do something on TV, and they come to me an hour beforehand, like, dude, I haven't been this nervous in years. You know, it's a different vibe. <laughs> it's just a different world. It's awesome. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Okay, this will be the final question. We'll go to Sean Ross South, Fightful. Hey, Sean. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Uh, obviously, NXT does things a little bit differently, but uh, we saw Britt Baker, who works for a competitor, shown on the broadcast, a very clear camera shot on her, and even referenced on commentary. Uh, was How do you kind of come to terms with that? Because it's, it's not something that's done often. Yeah, so, look. I just had this conversation. I just saw her a minute ago, um, and I said it to Adam before I saw her. I was like, "Oh, dude, they they took a shot." I um, swear this. <laughs> the director that took the shot didn't know who it was. Just went to the woman in the crowd that was the most uh, had the most concerned, crazy look on her face, and he took the shot. The second he took the shot, he. You know, somebody next to him, I'm sure, said who, and he got off the shot. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it in any way, shape, or form. And then to not address it, then it's the elephant in the room that you don't address. Like, you're making it, like, uh, now it's weird, right? So you just got to you gotta address it. I don't have a problem with it any way, shape, or form, but I would never want to put a talent in that position. I get why she's here. I get who she's here with. And I would never want to put her in a position where I took a shot of her and it gets her heat 
or it gets her ha- uh, to have a problem with her, you know, employers and people and, 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 and what she's doing. I wouldn't want that to be a problem for her. And it very easily could be. And it also can create a problem with not that anybody on the Internet would wind stuff up ever. <laughs> but, but uh, it, you know, it just, it just be, be, makes we'll some... See. Yeah, but it just makes something sometimes that's, that is nothing, right? And and so when I saw it at first, I was like, oh, my God, was that just Brit? And then uh, it was like, oh, like I, I feel bad because I don't want to ever put somebody like that in a position where that, that could be problematic um, for for anyone. Um, it just it just it doesn't need, it need to happen. And unfortunately, it's the second time it's happened. For whatever reason, I got I don't know. I got to talk to the people, and and everybody will not believe in this, and they will think this is absolutely not. Um, but like the the one other time, she was sitting right next to Steph, and I, you know, we just took Steph in the camera shot. I don't know that anybody at that moment in time even knew who it was sitting next to Steph. They just thought it was somebody sitting next to Steph. Um, so it's it's just one of those things, and and while I don't have a problem with it at all, I don't even have a problem with it being on camera. I don't have a problem with it us saying it. it I just would never want it to be problematic for somebody else because, look, I'm happy for her. She's got a good thing going on. She's killing it. Uh, she's doing a great job. And um, and and th- that's and that's awesome. And I certainly would never want that to, to interfere with what she does. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Um, was that the last one? Yes. So um, I appreciate everybody jumping on this call. Um, I can't tell you, for me, um, coming in here today and, and, and everything, Chicago's one, this is one of my favorite buildings. It's just so loud in here and it's like a phenomenal place as a, as a talent. Um, you know, come here when we were coming here during the Attitude Airs, it's always one of my favorite buildings. And uh, to come here tonight and, and watch these talent all do this, their, their passion, everybody in NXT from our crew to the, the camera guys to directors to on-camera people to ta- in-ring talent and everything, the passion is infectious. And I, I can't tell you enough that when I come here and I see everybody, how hard they work and the passion that goes into it for me, um, it's inspiring. And it just makes me want to, uh, it just makes me want to go 24-7 for them to give them everything they ever wanted out of this business and then some. Um, and that's what I saw here tonight was just, um, just passion at a whole different level than I than I often see, and then um, that is that is out there in a lot of ways. So um, it was an awesome night. I'm so proud of all of them, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. But thank you all for the support on this. Thank you for taking the time to make the call, and um, I will uh, talk to you next time. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to the Press Pass podcast. This is Ross Foreman, and let's welcome in Josh Matthews. Josh, how you doing today? Well, Ross, I'm uh, I'm thrilled. I mean, Press Pass is back. So many rumors about the future of Press Pass and what was going to happen, and, and, and we're back. We're back with literally our biggest guest ever. Yeah, how about that? One of the newest signees of Impact Wrestling, AC Romero. I forget how we do this, Ross. Do I get to some stuff first, or do we just welcome AC in? I mean, you tell me, buddy. It's your show. All righty. Well, let's uh... – before we bring in AC, hopefully he can uh, be patient for a, a minute or two. Uh, I know you always have some of the greatest hot news updates possible. So I'll give you the, the floor for a minute or two and bring us up to speed. What's going on? Yeah, AC is new, so so he'll wait patiently and he'll be happy about it, right? Like, 
And then after like five or six months of being on the roster, then he'll be texting us feverishly that he's just waiting to talk, right? That's how it goes? Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll give, I'll give him your direct number, too. <laughs> uh, he's got my number. We do appreciate AC Romero, and I know that everyone's waiting to talk to, to the big man, And uh, but let's just get through some stuff real quickly. Um, hard to kill live January 12th pay-per-view Dallas, Texas, the bomb factory location. Uh, tickets went on sale last week, titanium packages on the 15th of, la- of, of last week. And uh, those sold out, which is awesome. Totally done with our titanium packages. Uh, front row seats also sold out. So now we are on to the golden circle and then the general admission. And from what I understand about the bomb factory, the general admission, the balcony area is really cool. So, uh, you know, if you're on the fence, get your tickets, join us, see everyone in Dallas uh, going backwards. Then Saturday, um, we're going to do something. <laughs> uh, the details of that are being worked out as we speak. Friday is uh, Bash of the Brewery Part 2 in association with RCW. Uh, we had a great time with them last year and uh, are very excited to partner with RCW again for Bash at the Brewery 2 on Impact Plus on January 10th. And Josh, you can confirm, uh, bash at the brewery too. Do we have a, a temperature in that facility? Do, can you confirm? I don't know. I don't think it'll be as hot as it was last year. Um, I'm just hoping it's not super cold. Uh, hopefully, we get a good temperature in, in, at the Freetail Brewery. But we're excited uh, regardless for for that show um, in San Antonio. And uh, we just announced uh, today and yesterday our February specials so february 21st will be on twitch that show's called outbreak uh more details of that um in the coming weeks and then february 22nd we're back at the davis arena on impact plus for sacrifice uh in louisville so uh, tickets will be available for that soon too so we'll just keep everyone updated on social media and impactwrestling.com um and then of course next week the week of thanksgiving we have a huge show ipwf this is a show that we're super excited about uh, throwback show, 1983, uh, throwback throwdown, IPWF in Canada. So much fun producing this show. I think everyone's starting to kind of see what we did and what the show looks like. And, and it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of great matches. Um, uh, our cast and crew will uh, take on different personas. The main event is Julian Cumberbun with Sonny Sanders defending the International Commonwealth Television Championship against Downtown Daddy Brown, played by Willie Mack. And uh, it's just going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, I saw the screener. I think members of, uh, of uh, uh, certain members of the press are going to get an opportunity to see the screener. And it's just going to be, uh, you know, a lot of fun for everybody. So that's, that's kind of the update, Russ. That's where we are with everything. Do you have any favorites from the um, IPWF? Well, I, I mean, Jazzy Fitbody has got to be my favorite, right? I mean, played by five-time knockouts champion Madison Rain. I don't think I... I get to have much of a choice in, in that matter. Uh, I love uh, Don Callis uh, as Sexton Hardcastle. Uh, Scott Demore is uh, Giuseppe Scavelli. He's the promoter. I play his son, uh, Giuseppe Jr. So just, um, I mean, a lot of thought went into this. So much effort from our amazing creative team. And uh, the execution from the talent is uh, is just uh, second to none. All right. Well, I, I will agree with you on uh, Miss Jazzy. She is, uh, what a great look for her. Uh, uh, there's a lot of fun characters excessive force is is pretty entertaining and of course the hard workers who they're they're going against uh oats and hall gonna be a lot of fun gonna be a lot of fun hope everyone joins us uh tuesday on access tv all righty well with that we will segue into our uh, special guest uh 
let's welcome on a 401-pounder from, uh, I don't know exactly where his city is, and uh, I believe it's Sacco, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. Sacco, Maine, uh, AC Romero. AC, baby, how's it going? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Welcome, but first, let me just ask you, where, where in Maine exactly are you? Sacco, southern Maine. Southern Maine, all righty. Yep. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to Impact. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. What a uh, what a night! Bound for Glory in Chicago, October 20th. Walk us through that night, your emotions, and then uh, the the big match. Man, that day uh, just full of stress and anxiety. Uh, I it should have been a day of like excitement, uh, but I, I was really. Uh, stressed out all day long afterwards i was feeling the excitement and i was proud uh to, to be a part of the uh the event but yeah it was a fun day overall but there was a lot of pressure uh and you know i <laughs> as you saw in the match uh, i took a big fall so it was uh pretty crazy are you AC, it's josh matthew sorry ross uh just uh uh ross brought up out for glory and how amazing that was but the, the your impact story really started on on Saturday, um, when you got your mm-hmm. contract offered to you publicly in the ring, live on Twitch, <laughs> uh, kind of talk us through that a little bit. You got very emotional on that night, uh, rightfully so. Uh, what were you thinking when that happened? Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised, uh, humbled. Uh, Chicago has been a great, great town for me. The fans there really treat me, you know, like gold. Um, so to get offered a contract with a company like impact wrestling in Chicago um, by the boss, the big boss. It was uh, very, uh, the, the words can't really explain how, how, how I was truly feeling. Uh, but I'm, I'm so thankful. That's awesome. It was, it was a great night for everybody. A feel good night and uh, super happy for you. And thank uh, you. What's coming up for you? I know you've got a match with Moose in the near future uh, on Impact that everyone can stay tuned uh, for coming up on Access TV and yes. uh, kind of hit the ground running. Absolutely. Yep. Ross, you want to get to the media? Unless sure. you have anything else? No, we will open up uh, media for a question for AC Romero and maybe even a question for Josh. Uh, media, if you identify yourself, your media outlet, and uh, we will go from there. Q&A session has started. To ask your question, please press star six. If you'd like to ask a question, please press one to add your th- Your request has been received. To remove yourself from the queue, press star six. Uh, so you've already been had some great matches with the likes of Darby Allen and Sammy Callahan. Is there anyone mm-hmm. in particular on the Impact roster you're hoping to get in the ring with? Uh, man, I'm a big guy, so I'd love to toss it up with Michael Elgin uh, for sure. And also, I want to get in the ring with Eddie Edwards. 
I've uh, wrestled Elgin before in the past, but I've never wrestled Eddie Edwards, and uh, he's from New England, so I've always wanted to get in the ring with him. So uh, those guys are the top two for sure. Very nice. Going on. My name is Stephanie from Steelchair Magazine, United Kingdom. Uh, welcome to Impact. Um, Thank you. Uh, welcome to the family, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have you. a very specific question to ask you because you were defined as the 401 pound beamers. <laughs> um, isn't it a. Do you feel it is. Can be, sorry, my apologies. Um, okay. Isn't it an issue for you to be defined because of your weight, because of your of your size, and most importantly, uh, for, for your career? My God, tonight, <laughs> um, for your career, have you ever suffered from any kind of discrimination because of that? I think it's very important uh, uh, to talk about that because uh, you are curvy and well, <laughs> it should not be a problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would call it discrimination. I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, who you ask. But I've, I've definitely in the past have been in locker rooms where I've wrestled people for the first time and I, I can just tell they're judging me you know, by the way I look and they think I'm going to be a certain way in the ring, whether I'm going to be slow or I'll get tired easily or they are just basically not not an athlete. And um, the best part about that is that once the bell rings and they get in the ring, their perception of me changes right away because what, what, you know, who I am, and what I do in the ring, um, you know, it's, there's not a lot of people that can do that. Uh, so I, you know, that's that's really the biggest thing. I, I can tell people like to judge a book by its cover, and I think that you know, once they, you know, from bell to bell, they find out that it's a totally different story. They find out who I really am as an athlete and a performer. That's great. Thank you for the question, Stephanie. I think that's the first time on the Press Pass podcast we've ever heard the word curvy used. <laughs> I'm curvy, man. You know. <laughs> Ross, if, if you allow me, uh, in France, in my country, we really define people uh, like AC, um, really like fat. And I hate this word because you can't be, you can be 401 pounds and being great. Um, so I prefer the word curvy. Oh, <laughs> the good thing the good thing too is that even like from from a fan from fan aspect like i've got i've I've never i've never got like a, a negative reaction you know to my knowledge as far as you know once people people might see me come out you know live live in the ring you know and they see what i look like they're like oh man what's this guy gonna do he's a big guy you know he's you know he's quote-unquote curvy uh he might not be good but again i get out there i do my thing and like I you know how the place going you know place going nuts by the end of it. No, and uh, I mean for me, uh, if you feel good the way you are, perfect. 
Thank you. Well, I think it's safe to say, you know, yes, he, he uh, he's Kirby, uh, but the agility he brings to the ring is certainly a, uh, a, a perhaps a surprise to some, but people see that very quickly when he, he's uh, in the ring. Uh, AC, talk about the agility you, you bring as a big guy in the ring. Yeah, man, I've always kind of, like, had it. It's never really been, like, a struggle to, you know, you know, move around and in, 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 in some sense, like I fluctuated, I fluctuated, you know, with my weight, you know, here and there throughout my career. Uh, but the agility for some reason always been there. Even on day one, like I was, I've always been a big guy, you know, I day one wrestling practice, like uh, getting the ring and I'm hitting the ropes, doing bumps, getting up, like, and just as good as, you know, some of the guys who are, you know, in shape or have abs or smaller than me, like it's just something I've always had. Hey, so we got an uh, email question that came in from Paulie T. He's talking about the uh, the move at uh, Bound for Glory when you flew off the ten foot ladder through a table. Yeah. How bad did it hurt? That's all he wants to know is how bad did it hurt? I mean, he saw it. You saw it. Everybody in Chicago saw it. Uh, <laughs> people around the world saw it. You know, it it, it was a uh, it was a struggle to get up the ladder in the first place because not that it was hard to climb it, but I I'm scared of heights and being as big as I am climbing up there, you know, me ladder shaking, I'm sweating, you know, I'm trying to go for that title and falling from that height. Like I, it was like slow motion. It was like timber. And then it was like slow motion, no sound, no sound. And wham. And then it just Im- impact, and I, I just came. I just came. I don't know. I didn't feel anything when it when it happened. Um, you know, nothing. I didn't feel like anything broke or anything. But um, you know, I was pretty. I was limping when I was walking out of there. Like once my adrenaline came down, um, you know, I was limping for, for a couple of weeks. My back, my ankle. I was pretty messed up. The adrenaline's a crazy thing. You know, and a, a clarification for everybody: those are ten foot ladders. I know that person because I got those ladders to the odium that, that, that well, weekend, 10 foot ladders, and you're going a pretty good distance at 401 pounds. You know, get the velocity, the impact, like it was like land, it was crash land. And it's like all systems check. Like I gotta, I gotta you know, figure out what's going on, everything. Okay. Um, and then kind of snap back to reality. And it's just like, wow, I, I'm going to be in a lot of pain in probably like 20 minutes. Um, so the initial impact, you know, I I can take a good you know take a good beating or a good fall, but afterwards, I was I was pretty hurt for about two weeks. Ice bags, head to toe. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Hey Ross, uh, Riju from Sportskira in India. It's been a while. Uh, Hi Riju, we missed you. <laughs> yeah, uh, likewise. Uh, so, if Josh is around, I'd like to begin with asking when he's coming to India. Uh, he's already on a plane. He's left this call and is uh, on his way to the airport. <laughs> so, hopefully you can meet him. Uh, he prefers uh, flowers and chocolates at the airport. Uh, I'll say that's about all he, he, he would need. But you can go on with your question for uh, AC. Absolutely. Uh, so, I just want to ask, when you were on top of the ladder and you were in front of the whole Bound for Glory audience, 
what thoughts went through your mind and secondly uh, do you think a spot like that is necessary for you to make a name in the business um well what so what went to my mind as I was climbing is once you get to that height when you get, cause you have the lights on the ring right so you you right. can't really see you can't really see when you're in the ring you can't really see the fans once you climb you get to about eight feet ten feet now you're kind of above the lights I could just see the entire uh entire arena stand up it was like a weird energy uh and as soon as I fell just like silence but uh, you know things like that uh, going. You know, it's my debut, Bound for Glory, biggest night of the year. Uh, you know, you, you got to take some risks, and you got to make people talk. You know, obviously people are talking about it, and that's a good thing. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Hello, this is uh, Carlos from Indie Pro Wrestling, IndiePW.com. How you doing today, Ace? What's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, so I have a two-part question. What are people's general reaction when you let them know that you're a professional wrestler? And what do you think about Impact Wrestling now being on Access TV? What are some goals you have now that you're on the national uh, level? Man, when I tell people I'm a professional wrestler, the first thing they say is, like, Hulk Hogan? Uh, and, uh, so I have to explain that, but then, uh, you know, act, being on access is awesome. Like, I, I think, I think not, not a better time in the wrestling business for, uh, impact to be on access TV. They already play wrestling already in new Japan and, uh, and wow, I think it's just a good spot for us. A lot of people get to watch it and I think people are going to be really impressed of what impact's going to bring to the table. And I'm so lucky and humbled to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. So much content absolutely. out there. And uh, thank you for your time. Hey, thanks for the question, man. AC, what do you want to do? You want to do a domestic call next, or you want to go international? We'll stay, we'll stay domestic. Yeah, that's fine. Either way. Hey, AC, it's James Walsh from the Wrestling Epicenter. Pleasure to talk to you today. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So in doing my research before I got the chance to speak with you, I saw that at the New York tapings, which sounded like they were a lot of fun, you're facing Joey Ryan in one of those matches. And the last guy I interviewed from Impact was Ken Shamrock, who made a lot of headlines when he faced Joey Ryan. What is your take on wrestling Joey Ryan? And do you understand the controversy that comes along with it? Oh man, my first thought is you gotta stay away from the gimmick, and you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not trying to touch it, you know. Uh, no, but I here's the thing. I I love Joey. I love what Joey does. It's not it's not it's not what he does. It's what the 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 reaction he's getting. So I'm all I'm always all for like not necessarily not necessarily falling off the ladder, but if it's gonna get a good reaction, the fans love it. I, I think whatever whatever is happening in the ring and it's getting a reaction, I think that's the, that's the way to go. All right. But, so no, so so no con- no controversy on my end. I, I love I love anything that's gonna get people talking and that the fans enjoy. All right. It's good to see a guy that's out there. I'm, I'm glad I got to ask you a question that wasn't about your weight, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, guys. James, uh, curvy is in these days, so you can use that term. Awesome. Curvy. That works. Curvy. All right. Hey, so we're going to go to an uh, email question that came over from Sam Tarasco. Uh, we've asked, answered the first part of his question, but the second part is kind of interesting. Uh, from the past, which big guys would you like to face? have faced? Which big guys from the past? Definitely Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, Yokozuna. Um, I've always, as a kid, wanted to face The Undertaker. He's uh, a big man, you know, he's a giant. Um, but the top two definitely be Yokozuna, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, and, and also um, someone who I've uh, came in close contact in recent years, Rikishi. Great talent. What's going on, AC? How are you, man? Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling here. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? Um, so first thing I wanted to ask you, uh, what, what were some of the characteristics about Impact Wrestling um, that backed your decision to sign with the company? The locker room, first and foremost. The locker room is so talented. Um, this is, you know, they're the best bar none, I think, um, out of any, you know, television company out there. The locker room is so good. And um, I know a lot of the guys and girls in the locker room, um, so just talent alone, I wanted to share a locker room with that because it's also a place for me to get better and and, work, and be with the people who are who are who are killing it on a consistent basis, and you know bring what I have to bring to the table and and work with them. The, the locker room is is by, by far the best, I think. And saying, uh, lastly here, uh, next week you'll actually be facing fellow Impact star Josh Alexander for the AAW. Uh, heavyweight title. Have you two had the opportunity to talk about your match, and why Why do you think uh, so many wrestlers speak so highly of the, the AAW promotion? Um, I have actually haven't talked to Josh. Um, I've seen him at, you know, obviously the Impact. I haven't talked about the match or anything like that. Um, we have never wrestled before, so I, I'm very excited for it. Um, it's, I think it's going to be really good, and uh, as far as AAW goes, uh, it's I, the it's just, I think for me, it's Chicago, man. The AEW puts on, they put on the best shows with the best talent, and the crowd is awesome. And I, the AEW is one of the, one of my favorite promotions to work for on the independents. All right, thank you for your time, man. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, Ace, as long as we're talking about Chicago, uh, we always get this uh, direction. But uh, what about uh, Chicago pizza? Haven't had it. What do you mean you've never had Chicago deep dish pizza? Never, never had it. <laughs> wow, you know we had a bunch uh, backstage at uh, Mount for Glory afterward. Oh no, yeah, I, uh, I stayed away. Uh, you know, I'm watching my grillish figure, so uh, it's cur- <laughs> I stayed away. It's curvy, like my curvy figure. Uh, but no, I, I've heard obviously I've heard good things, but uh, maybe eventually I'll I'll get an opportunity to try some Chicago pizza. All right, next time you're in town, let me know and uh, let me get you some uh, good Lou Melnati's pizza. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you may now ask your question. Hi, EC. This is Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm here in Chicago as well, um, and uh, I thought that was a awesome. nice lead-in. Um, 
You uh, you've gone viral uh, with your pounce and chucking people out of the ring. Uh, I just kind of want to talk to you, yeah. get your take on you know what have you learned from the experience of going viral and and how important that is in today's pro wrestling scene. Uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing. Like I would never think in my career that I would go quote unquote viral, and like it's one of those things like you can get. You know, you can have an awesome match in wrestling, and people can talk about it in the wrestling world. But when you do something in wrestling or anything, and everybody is talking about it, every major news outlet, anyone you can think of is talking about it, it's pretty overwhelming. But, you know, it's one of those things that happens. And if it happens, I consider myself lucky because it's definitely helped my career a lot. Cool, and I uh, just wanted to follow up also about uh, the Impact contract. When you got when you got offered the contract at All Glory, uh, and you signed it, like, did you did you review it in the ring, or do you review it in the back and sign it? Like, I don't know. It just got thrown at you there. I didn't know if you just just signed it uh, on the spot without even thinking and, about and it. it. Uh, Scott told me to trust him, and so I trusted him. I signed my life away. Oh man! <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Thank you so much, AZ. Hey, yeah, a, a, a quick follow-up on uh, some of the stuff Nick was throwing at you. Ace, I want to ask you about uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one another thing, too. Like, it was just crazy how, like, celebrities are just, you know, posting my my, my GIF, uh, the pounce. It's, like, it's mind-blowing that I've never met these people, but these people, some, like, they know that I exist. Like, my my likeness, my body, they know that I exist somewhere on this earth. I think that's pretty cool. Tell tell us about what happened there with uh, Jamie Foxx. Uh, he just he he he, uh, he posted the video on his Instagram, and then someone tagged me in, and I looked at it. It had like it was he posted like hours prior, and it had over a million views. And I'm like, what? What? This is insane. Um, it's just uh, one of those things, man. It's hard to hard to explain. I was blown away by it. All right. Well, we're gonna to go to a question that came in. Boy, I'm gonna mispronounce this guy's name, Mike Owusu. How do you pronounce that? O W U S U. I'm not sure, but uh, very interesting question uh, for you, AC. What are your thoughts on intergender wrestling, and are there any knockouts you think you could tear it up with? I think intergender wrestling is cool. To be honest, I think it's I think it's its own own art form. Uh, I think. There are very, there are a lot of uh, very talented and strong female uh, women in professional wrestling, and they're getting their chance to go head to head with men. And I think it puts on a great, great show. Um, as far as the knockouts, uh, I think that I could have, <laughs> I think um, me, myself, and Jessica Havoc could tear it down and do something crazy if that if the opportunity ever came up. Certainly would have to agree with you. You and uh, Havoc would be a very interesting match. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of them in the uh, knockouts locker room that could be uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jordan Grace would be another one. Tessa would be another one. I was certainly leaning towards Jordan. I didn't want to throw it at you immediately, but uh, uh, her power is certainly something that you would have to contend with. You think she could slam me? Well, you're putting me on the spot now. I'll say yes. 
I've seen her do these uh, handstand push-ups that I can't do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say she can slam you. Yeah, she does push-ups and squats in her entrance. Um, she's pretty she's pretty strong, I bet. You think she could slam you? I'll throw it back at you. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty curvy, as they say. Unmuted. So you still here with one final vote, Nick? Nick, are you still there? I'm right here, Ross. What do you need? Yes or no? Can Jordan Grace slam AC Romero? I'm not going to tell Jordan Grace she can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tell her that either. <laughs> So it's a yes or no. I, you know, you didn't answer the question. I unequivocally, I unequivocally think Jordan Grace could slam AC Romero, and I would say nothing otherwise to her face or behind her back. You're a smart man, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I try. Muted. Hey, uh, Rigo from Sportskeeda again. I had a quick follow-up. Uh, I mean, and this goes with what we, uh, what you guys were just discussing. What do you think of Tessa Blanchard uh, potentially becoming the world champion of Impact Wrestling? Uh, I think that would be history making. It would be it would be the first time ever. It would be, I think, uh, news headlines would go crazy over it. And I think if there was right now, as we stand today, a female female wrestler to do it, I think it I think it could be Tessa Blanchard. Oh, okay, and one quick follow up. Uh, you also share your name, in a sense, with Ace Austin. Do you think uh, there's the potential of a feud in that sense? <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one true Ace. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never know. Uh, well, time will tell, I guess. Okay, so, thank you. So, so Riju, consensus that Jordan Grace can slam AC Romero? I will have to agree with Nick. You do not uh, disagree. With, I, I mean, Jordan Grace can do anything. Smart person. Let me throw you two <laughs> other names. What, you just mentioned Tessa. Could Tessa slam AC Romero? Absolutely. <laughs> what about Ace Austin? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> These are difficult questions. All right. Well, you go with two out of three. All right. I see where you're going. Then that's. <laughs> Yeah, Miss Kirby on the phone again. Stephanie from Search Magazine. I think Kirby will be the word of the day. <laughs> but um so but there there's nothing bad with me saying that, trust me. Um it's even more uh a proof of respect. Um were you watching impact when you were younger? Uh, where the wrestler you uh, you appreciated, um, and what company appealing uh, to you at that time when you were starting to train to become a wrestler? Oh man, I was always a big fan of uh, Samoa Joe. You know, he's a he's a fellow big man. Uh, things he could do uh, for his size were incredible. Um, Abyss was another one. Abyss, I I always loved you know the big monsters and, and he was he was insane. Um, yeah, I, I watched Impact when I first started training in the business. Um, it was right around the time um, when my favorite angle ever in Impact Wrestling happened. It was the Aces and Eights 
Mm-hmm. And I will, um, have you been welcomed uh, by the, the locker room? Because uh, this contract signing was like a dream come true and was like a golden ticket. Um, so were you welcomed by the, have you been welcomed by the, the wrestlers and everybody in the locker room? I I was I I was welcome with open arms. Um, at the same time, though, I'm you know I'm not naive by in any sense. I, I'm a new guy, and I'm also the new big guy. So uh, already I you know I used to feel my guy target on my back. Um, but for the most part, everyone was cool. No, I, everyone was cool. But I'm just you know not naive because I know I know what when it comes time to the get down to business, people are gonna come come after me uh, full force. Mm-hmm. Hey, see, we got a question that just came in from Justin Grant, kind of a follow-up on some of the stuff that uh, Stephanie was asking you there. Uh, what and who were some of the influences that helped you form your move set? Uh, man, my moves, like, it, it, I have a really interesting move set. Because I, I feel like I don't have a lot of moves. I, I do a lot of, I do a few power things. You know, I I do the black hole slam. You know, obviously that's pay homage to Abyss and um, do the pounce. You know, Monty Brown was was the guy I like to watch back in the day. Um, but uh, what was the rest of that question? I I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh- who and what uh, helped influence your moveset? Oh, yeah, I said I was going to a point. So, you know, my moveset, you know, I, like I said, the black hole slam, the pounce. Um, I feel like I'm more of a defensive player. I like to see what people are doing in the ring, and I try to play off them. So, you know, I, I watch what they're doing in the ring, and when, you know, it's my time to take my shot, I'll do it. So I, you know, I, I, I'm always reading other person first. So like, I don't have a, I don't have a lot of moves in my arsenal. Like I, I do the, I do the, you know, clothesline from hell. You know, that JPL got some big power moves in there, but I'm also watching what the guys doing in the ring to, to, you know, make my next move. righty. well, AC, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, we'll wrap it up. I know you told me you in advance your your time was pretty limited today. Uh, I do want to ask you though, uh, Thanksgiving. What, uh, what a, what are you thankful for? And what uh, what do you do for Thanksgiving? I'm so thankful for my family, uh, first and foremost. Um, I don't get to see them that often. Um, last year, um, I did not get to go home for Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm thankful for my family, and this, this year I get to go home, and I can't wait to see my family. That's the biggest thing. Pumpkin pie, yes, no? Uh, I'm not really a big pumpkin pie fan. Really? Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a fun dinner when you come back to Chicago. We'll have some pizza and pumpkin pie. <laughs> I look forward to it. All righty, uh, give you the floor here for a final thought. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, welcome to Impact. And the floor hey, man, is yours. I really appreciate. I really appreciate you guys. You know, you have me on here. Uh, you guys can follow me at, at the AC Romero, and you guys can watch me every Tuesday night on Access Impact Wrestling. I appreciate it, man. Perfect. You got it, AC Romero. Thank you very much. Media, I appreciate you guys calling in. 
And uh, yes, as people have asked me and emailed and text, uh, we are going to do the press pass way more often than we had. Uh, we had a little break there, but we will be back uh, possibly Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So uh, stay tuned. I'll email you uh, information about that. AC, have a good weekend. Thanks so much, Ross. Appreciate it. Thank you, Michael, for going Broadway with me to start the show. An hour's <laughs> worth of punditry from the Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon steamboat of uh, professional wrestling coverage here. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot that happened the last five days. Uh, I want to thank everybody again uh, for retweeting, liking, supporting all the coverage that I went out and did. Uh, that's why I do it. <laughs> it's very easy for me to stay home and, and let others cover the show, but I want to try to give you guys as much on-site coverage as possible, and I'm glad that you all enjoyed it as much as you did. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back with another episode of The Winkley. Uh, I will have on the show Joey Janella from AEW. Of course, AEW will be back in Chicago tomorrow night. I'll be at that show as well. My last bit of professional wrestling action before I take off for the holidays. Uh, but we'll have Joey on the show tomorrow. Uh, we will also have uh, Andy Malnoski's interview with Soul Train Jones, Virgil. We're going to have Joey Janella and Virgil here tomorrow, Michael. Excited? Oof. That's going to be a good day. Anytime, anytime Soul Train Jones shows up, right? It's a good day. Yeah, and uh, we uh, we are going to have a Thursday show this week. Of course, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, Michael and I are going to do some uh, what we want, what we're ha- what we're thankful for tomorrow. We'll record that, but uh, we're going to have more of a Thanksgiving gathering of first-run audio guests on the show uh, this Thursday. And uh, let's see, we're going to have uh, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio. You're going to get to hear me chat with him. Going to get to hear me chat with Mega Ran. He just released a song called The Sunset Flip with Xavier Woods. And he's going to let me play that song on the show. So you'll get to Mega Ran. You're going to get to hear him talk about working with Xavier Woods. Uh, who else do we got here on Thursday? Um, I'm, I, I have my sheet on my – I have the other sheet in the other room. I think we've got Haku. We're going to have Haku. He was interviewed by um, – uh, oh, yeah, we're going to have Haku. Interviewed and Josh by Josh Barnett and, uh, with Andy Malnowski and yes, Josh Barnett with uh, Brian Wool. So uh, we'll have fellow correspondents. We're gonna have big guests Thursdays. The Thanksgiving special. Come back for that. Uh, and last but not least, of course, if you like the show, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Five star ratings, nice comments, uh, always appreciated. And uh, you can use the promo code Winkly W I N C L Y and get your first order of Blue Chew shipped to your house for free. I'll just keep pimping that out. Um, Batista maybe would like some. He's, he's single and ready to mingle again. Should I should I get him on the blue chew? Yeah, he don't. He doesn't need blue, blue chew. Ch- blue chew Tista. That works. Blue chew Tista. The crossover nobody thought would ever happen. A good one, Michael. What do you want to plug promote put over here before we wrap up today? Uh, not much to advertise today. You know, I'll be back on the show with you tomorrow. And um, as always, give me a follow on Twitter. I am at the Real Wiseman, and um, you know, I'm not as popular as you, Nick. So I can use all the followers I can get. I'm so popular. <laughs> you Google my name, and it's all just like, wow, what an amazing human being Nick Hausman is. <laughs> uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. I, I really do enjoy your patronage. I, I love doing the show. I'm excited to come back with uh, some more great shows for you this week and next. Uh, I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter, and remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. Delightful. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.